uh, swimcasters, uh, show about RPGs and stuff like that. I am Toaster, uh, I'm a cowboy, but let's get into the show. <laughs> What's behind this door? It's the designer's dungeon! Oh, yeah. you didn't. Yes, I sure did! Ah, <laughs> uh, toast. Locked him up. I didn't mean actually keep designers yeah. in the dungeon. Well, it's too bad. They're there. Well, let's go talk to them. Yeah, <laughs> they're making, like, rough them up or something. Welcome to this segment of the show where we're going to talk with somebody um, who we've we've had on the show before a few times. We've actually run into him at, at Origins. What, what more can I say? We have with us Kurt Covert of Smirk and Dagger, Smirk and Laughter Games. How's it going, Kurt? Good. How's it going? I'm delighted to be here again. Things are going okay for us. I understand that you've, you've uh, I guess, been winding down your convention season for the year. Correct. Yeah, we just came off of... Um, uh, a nice little jaunt that included uh, BGG Con and uh, PAX Unplugged. So now I think I'm probably good until February. So <laughs> the show has grown, I think, um, every year. Mm -hmm. The the first year, I, I think people weren't quite sure what to make of it, and um, and sales kind of reflected that. I think people kind of came to the show to ride the rides and have some fun, and uh, <laughs> you know, and headed on home afterwards after paying their ticket. But uh, Starting last year, they're like, oh, I see. We bring money, and there's some cool stuff here. And um, so we did amazing last year. And we did pretty well this year. Probably not quite the, the same numbers as last year, but um, that may be because it was much closer to Christmas. So gift buying was certainly happening, but maybe I wasn't going to buy quite so many for myself as it was uh, closer to the holidays. So Now, I know that BGGCon is, from what I yeah. hear, that's that's the convention that uh, if you're the industry, as it were, that's the convention you go to to, to actually uh, enjoy yourself and play games. <laughs> Well, true. Yeah. Um, so uh, so that certainly happens uh, at, at nighttime. Um, and uh, it is a little bit more casual even during the day. Um, we played actually we played not just a bunch of uh, games that, um, you know, we pulled out from the library or sat with, you know, friends from other companies. But we also played a bunch of prototypes, too. So we've been playtesting a lot of stuff that uh, are potentials for uh, the coming years. Oh, that's very cool. Speaking of things that will be coming out in the coming years, you've got you've got a couple things that you've already slated for. It looks like February and March of 2021. Uh, 2020 or 2020. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. just see, next year. <laughs> see, <laughs> see what you don't know is I'm, I'm from a, a year ahead of things. And, uh, I am actually from the year 2020. And, uh, so everything it to me is, is in terms of 2021. I don't know why I That's keep right. saying 2021. Oh, I know. In why. a month we'll catch up with you. Cause then we'll all be from 2020. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so, so listeners, uh, at this point, uh, anytime I've said 2021, I really mean 2020. On that note, 
so one of the things has been images for a game called Cinder, which <laughs> which which at first I wasn't quite sure what exactly it was because I was like, oh, that's neat. It's a little picture of a dragon. It looks pretty cool. Then once I looked closely at it, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, I, I get it. I see exactly what this is. So so why, why don't you tell us some about about Cinder? I will do. Uh, so uh, Cinder is um, is essentially a spoof on Tinder, where uh, the object is you, you're an adventurous type, you know, uh, and you decided you wanted to get into the uh, the exciting world of dating dragons without getting burned. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a push your luck dice game, and the one of the first things you do is um, you set up your profile on Cinder. Um, so there's a whole bunch of these, um, dry erase cards with, um, pictures of fantasy characters on them. So there might be a unicorn or a, you know, uh, half orc or, you know, all, all kinds of different things. Um, so once you choose someone to represent you, then you're going to write down your profile name, preferred pronoun, likes, dislikes, um, that's kind of thing. So here's, here's a, a uh, half orc, maybe I'll I'll call her Orkana, preferred pronoun she. Uh, likes battle, dislikes walks on the beach. Now all of that is just kind of like thematic fluff, but lots of people will end up role playing it anyway, <laughs> 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 which is great. And then the the actual mechanical part of the card uh, will have some is a compatibility matcher. So it's got four different attributes that you're going to like, you know, rank yourself on. So as it relates to treasure, are you more of a hoarder, an investor, or a spender? So what would you say, John? Probably a spender. <laughs> cool. Yeah, absolutely. So then you would choose a climate that's a hot, cold, or mild. I live in a hot climate, but I think mild is probably better. <laughs> Sounds right. Okay. Lifestyle, active, relaxed, or hibernates? Uh, relaxed. Perfect. And then social. Are you solitary, amiable, or outgoing? Um, a bit more amiable, I think. Great. Okay. So now that that's all done, you would have completely set up your profile and we're ready to begin the game. And there is a, a stack of uh, tarot-sized cards um, depicting different great illustrations um, of dragons. Uh, it'll have their name, uh, it'll show their breath weapon type, and um, it'll have a little profile that they have written for themselves. So, um, so example, you know, sometimes I wonder why I still use this app after so many bad dates. I've been burned enough times to know better, but here I am inviting you to prove me wrong. So now you have to decide, well, does that sound like a dragon that's compatible with me? Now, if not, you can swipe left and there'll be another dragon that you can kind of look through. Um, uh, otherwise, you, you swipe right and then you flip the card over. And when you do that, it's going to have that same four attribute chart that you just filled out. So you get to match your compatibility to the dragons. Um, that will affect the odds of the dice that you throw. You get one die for each of those attributes. And let's say you, you matched. You were both investors. Uh -huh. Great. You get a green die, which is weighted for hearts versus fire. And this is a push your luck dice game, so you do not want fire. So four results to two in the, on the green die is great. Um, but then maybe, uh, you know, uh, hot versus mild, that's one away. So that's a blue die, which is a 50-50 odds. And if you are outgoing and the dragon was solitary, well, that's two away, and that's a red die. Heavily weighted towards fire, so that's kind of a watch out. 
any case, you start rolling these dice on um, three portions of your date after you also uh, choose a location to have that date. And that, that location may, you know, adjust the odds further or give you special bonuses. But if, you know, you roll and you can either then bank your hearts because it was just the, you know, it was the meetup, you know, where you're getting to getting to know the, the dragon and you could just bank the points and kind of walk away. Or let's say you didn't get too many fires. You say, you know what, I'm going to push my luck. Let's let's take it to the next step. And you roll again, try to bank uh, hearts store any fires to the side, you know, hoping you don't reach the threshold of three. And if things go really, really well, take it to the next level. And that's the third part of the date. Um, and, uh, you know, again, there you're either going to get lots of love points accumulated through all three rounds, or you're going to get burned. Now, if you get burned, the dragon goes back to the dating pool and you lose all those points from that round. But even if that happens, um, you never walk away completely empty-handed. You'll get a second chance token. And this is something you can spend on another future date to help mitigate the dice rolls a little bit. So it's really just kind of a fun dice fest, and uh, people have a good time, like, kind of getting into their role as, uh, you know, these various characters. I mean, we have this really goofy-looking unicorn. Um, I always say he he likes cotton candy and hates rain clouds. And, yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and um, you know, you sometimes people will be sitting at the table and they'll be like, you know, oh, hmm, based on that dragon's description, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm i not sure if that really sounds like... So I was like, oh, oh you know, those, those people will say, call me. And it's like, uh, yeah, um, what do you think? And it's like, you know what? It's just coffee. Just... Go for it. It's like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not really a role-playing game, but, I mean, honestly, it's it's kind of the, the best way to have fun with it, so. Okay. As with most um, Smirk and Dagger games, does does it have a uh, take-that mechanic to it? No, it really doesn't. So this is going to be from our Smirk and Laughter line. Okay, excellent. Yep. Um, which is, you know, still I think, you know, we we try to go for emotionally evocative no matter what we do but uh but no nothing that's going to you know make you curse and shake your fist at somebody so and you and you're still taking turns uh trying to win the affections as it were win is mo- the most hearts on these uh with these dragons exactly right and yeah so the the first person who gets up to 21 points um ends up creating like the you know the the last go round uh as people try to equal up their points they'll also be um Probably, there, I think we're going to actually build into the into the uh, into the game a uh, kind of a bonus card as well. You might have a dating preference, so let's say you really like fire breath weapons on uh, in a dragon. Uh, okay. The more the more dragons with fire breath weapons uh, you date, uh, you're going to have some bonus points at the very end that might just push you over the top anyway, even if you didn't, you know, win the race to get to the end. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. And curiously enough, uh, I mean, for 16 years, that's how long I've been. I've been making games now, uh, which is makes my eyes blink a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is going to be our very first Kickstarter. I was wondering about that, too. I, I was going to say, I hadn't seen you guys on Kickstarter before. No, we've never done it for, for various reasons. Um, uh, but now, quite honestly, it's really becoming an indispensable marketing tool. It's a way that people really enjoy shopping for games and getting exciting about games. So mm-hmm. so we're finally going to take advantage of, of that platform. And so this is going to this is going to happen Valentine's Day of next year. Oh, excellent. 
Yeah. I, that's that's great. <laughs> so, yeah, we're just we're getting ready with, uh, you know, uh, some sample art and uh, putting our videos together and, you know, just kind of getting ready for the big event of uh, launching this thing. Yeah, we've got uh, we, we got some uh, some guest artists that we, we plan on engaging and uh, some potentially some. Uh, special guest stars that uh, might make their way into some profiles as well. So that's uh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's our hope for, for if things go well. So. That's that's fun. The the art I've seen so far looks looks really neat. Most of them is being done by a uh, particular artist, and that's uh, Leah Furman, and uh, she's she's done just a, an amazing amazing job. Um, but we are uh, planning on tapping into. Um, uh, potentially a couple guest artists as well to bring their talents to bear as well. But I'll, I'm going to leave those <laughs> in the dark just for, just for a moment yet. So, well, I, yeah. I know the, when I, when I first saw the art, I was like, wow, this, this kind of reminds me of Jim Zub's, uh, skull kickers kind of, a. Oh, I see. Style. Yeah. And the, uh, the design itself, um, was done by, uh, Benjamin Walker and, uh, Harold Michalaitis. Um, so they are, uh, they're the ones who brought it to me, and um, you know, since they did, what it was funny. They they ended up having the idea one night at a convention. I think maybe two beers in, and um, they pitched <laughs> they pitched me the idea before it was a game, and I was like, "Well, guys, it's a great idea, but it's gonna kind of need a game." It's like, "No problem, we'll have it to you tomorrow," and I was like, oh, "Okay, guys." And sure enough, like midday the next day, they brought the first version of this, which was playable. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they were really excited right out of the gate. So wow. it was funny. So so many of these stories I've, I've heard about about so many games have started with, well, we were we, we had a few drinks at a convention. So that's pretty cool. So that's something to look forward to in February on Kickstarter. Yeah, um, And then we, we had the, the same artist uh-huh. uh, do all the character art for our, our March release, which is called the Deadlies. Yes, I saw I saw the ad or a little teaser that you put out for that. And I was intrigued, too, mainly because I couldn't figure out what that unicorn had to do with the word Deadlies. <laughs> well, all right. So we. When 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 the fans get a, a close look at the artwork, which was was intended to look, you know, kind of cute, but kind of edgy, kind of like a, a kid robot uh, or Tokidoki kind of uh, designer toy style. OK, OK. All of these characters are supposed to be representing uh, the seven deadly sins. And so therefore, if you look closely, while they are all animals They'll all either have little devil horns or forked tails or other little demonic cues because they are the seven deadly sins, even though they're these, you know, these animals. So uh, Raph is a uh, this very pissed off bunny. Um, Sloth is a, uh, a turtle on its back drooling as it sleeps. Um, Lust is this great looking tomcat. Um, gluttony is this uh, ridiculously large uh, pig with black sharp teeth. So it's you know all kinds of great stuff. See, at first I thought I thought, what is this? Some sort of a is this like a kids version of Dead Last or something? Because just all the, the the just splash of of color all over. Yeah, no, you know what it. it so this first of all, this is a design by uh, by Paul Saxberg, and fans may know him. Um, he actually works at Roxley Games. Where, you know, they, they make dice thrown and things. This is something he came up with. And I guess, you know, it wasn't 
it wasn't just right for what uh, what Roxley typically does. So he uh, he said, hey, I, I've got this game. I, I don't I wouldn't trust necessarily everyone with it, but I, I would trust you guys. So <laughs> so, yeah, essentially, um, like I said, it's it's the seven deadly sins. And imagine if Uno was meaner and a better good time. I mean, that's that's if, if you're okay. going to have to like sum it up. And it's like it's a simple card game that um, you are trying to get rid of all the wickedness out of your hand as soon as you can. And as soon as you do and you're going to have you're going to start with like six cards in your hand. As soon as you get rid of all of them, you're going to click down your little token and now you'll have a four card hand. Get rid of all of those as quick as you can. And then your huh. two card hand and then get rid of them all. And then you win. So it's over the course of those three rounds of getting rid of cards. Of course, all the other players are going to do their damnedest to load you up with cards. And that's this is very much a smirk and dagger poke you in the eye sort of a game. Right. Um, and all of the seven deadly sins have very thematic abilities. You're going to be able to play as many cards out of your hand as you possibly can. So if they all share the same suit, for example, they're all wrath cards. Great. Play as many as you want. They're all numbered from one to seven. So you can uh, play all the threes that you that you have in your hand or you can you can create a run um, you know, of, of any length, even if it's two cards. But the topmost card ends up being the ability that you get. And that's where the, the thematic sins come in. So, for example, Wrath, you're going to choose someone at the table, force them to draw two cards. And after they draw, they are going to uh, take a look at their hand. If they've got a Wrath, they're going to discard it and force you to do the same. And it will <laughs> ping pong back and forth, back and forth until someone is either like, all right, stop. I don't want any more. Or they simply can't. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Whereas Pride is like, ask another player if they have any Pride. Which is already kind of funny. And then if they if they don't, they're going to draw a card. If they do, they're going to show it to you, and now you have to draw a card. Lust, I think, is great because uh, um, it's got this great male tomcat, um, and it is um, not only thematic, but it's consensual. So, <laughs> <laughs> so with this card, you pick a partner, and they get to choose what happens. Either one, nothing happens, or two... You each get to discard a card of your choice. And if either of you, now in this little trust exercise, decides to discard another lust, you force the other player to draw three cards. Oh, interesting. Yep. Interesting. Um, gluttony, you're either going to like take a card at random from someone or draw three cards from the deck, which sounds counterintuitive, but you get to take another turn immediately. So now you're looking for combos and other things that you can do to like just keep on like milling the deck to get what you want like for example envy where you draw two two more cards and then if you don't have any envy in your hand after that you can trade your 15 card hand with someone holding <laughs> just one card um, so it's all wow. of this nasty poke you in the eye fun stuff uh just trying to get rid of all the cards you possibly can it's a raucous good time there's usually shake fisting at the ta uh, at the table as you curse your friends and you know the kind of stuff i really dig <laughs> <laughs> so that is the deadlies uh that's something to look forward to in march is that also going to be on kickstart no that that's going to go uh, direct to retail yeah the the standard way so okay. march awesome i know somebody's birthday is in march and that would make a great uh birthday present for them yeah it's gonna be like a you know 15 dollar game it's gonna be you know cheap and easy so so one of the the things i've been seeing all over your websites in fact uh, a fairly new game for you actually a couple new new ones is the, uh, the menace among us 
Yeah. And, and I've seen, and I think when I was at Origins, I saw Shobu, but I don't know if you were actually selling it at that point. I think you were just kind of showing it off and people were going crazy over it. Both are really super exciting titles uh, for us. Shobu, yeah, we I think we previewed at Origins and uh, it was it was really in stock, you know, by the time that Gen Con came along. But this is kind of not only is it an unlikely title for us, mm-hmm. but it's it's a pretty unique game all on its own. It, it's what makes it weird for us is that it's an abstract strategy, and that doesn't sound like something that I would ever produce. And I actually I had to I kind of fought with myself to like actually sign it. You know, the, the designers were actually <laughs> kind of like watching me struggle in my head as I was you know. <laughs> And I was like bringing over people who were part of my team, like, no, you, you got to try this. Tell me why I can't have something pretty. So, <laughs> but it's it's just this, first of all, gorgeous game. Even when they even when they pitched it to me, Mano and Jamie had produced it out of um, it's you know four wood boards. It's natural river rock as playing pieces, both uh, dark and light. And a, uh, and, a, and a piece of cotton rope that divides the halves of the playing surface from one another. Uh, when you look at this thing, it looks like it was, you know, it's just centuries old. And, and it must have been dug up, uh, you know, from some kind of uh, tomb somewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, yeah. And quite honestly, what's amazing about their design is it is the rule set is so simple and the 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 style of the game is just so clean and pure. It feels like something that was created centuries ago, and I I, I just can't say enough good about it. Um, <laughs> and happily, I I've had I don't I don't have to do so anymore because uh, it's been one of the most critically acclaimed games that we've we've ever had. I think it's a game where you're you know it's simple enough. You've you've got um, uh, 16 stones of your color, mm-hmm. four on each board, and you're playing on all four boards at the same time. And the object is just to remove your opponent's stones from one of those four boards by kind of shoving them off any edge. But the really interesting part about the game and what makes it unique, I think, is that you are really forced to seek balance in all your moves. And your move is in two parts. The first part can't shove a stone. It's the passive move. And the second move is an aggressive move. And it can shove a stone. And those two moves have to match exactly. So if I if I move two on a diagonal direction on the opposite color board, I've got to make a that same two diagonal move somewhere with those eight stones on the opposite side. So it it creates like this multidimensional thinking that at the outset doesn't seem like it's going to be too draining. It, it, you kind of start the game and it feels a little bit more like checkers. And then about halfway through the game, it starts to get really defensive and it starts turning into like three-dimensional chess. It's uh, it's just beautiful in and out. Yeah, when I, I think when I first saw it, at first I thought, Wait, is somebody playing go or something over there at a yeah at the smirking dagger booth (laughs) it has a very similar look um it's um it's a lot it's a lot easier to get into uh than than go i mean go my god right Um, right you can play for years (laughs) and and still be schooled by by someone but um this is a game where uh its approachability is one of its strengths Mm -hmm. but its surprising depth is one that takes you a little bit by surprise, and you, so far I have not broken it. Uh, the designers nor I can find uh, a first or second player advantage. 
uh, a best opening move. Uh, it's it's just really, really strange. So this is the kind of game that you would put on the table when uh, you've got company coming over and, and you don't want them to know that you've got... You, and you would take a roll for your life candy man off the table and put this on <laughs> with, the, uh, with the wine and the cheese uh, tray yes. right next to it, you know. Yes, so. <laughs> this is certainly a decorator piece. No question. Um, because but, uh, cause, cause when you get the, the game itself, it has those pieces that you just described, the, uh, the, the, the rope and the the actual the stones yeah and the and, and each game is completely unique because they're all just sourced uh-huh how else to say it it doesn't seem like it would be like a smirk and dagger your typical smirk and laughter or smirk and dagger game it's not it just really isn't um but i think at one point i really struggled with you know okay even though I'm I'm now publishing it, you know, what's the justification that, you know, someone says, okay, well, you, you just told me that your game is all about emotionally evocative and deeply themed games. Where does this fit? And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. But someone actually, uh, it might've been BGG said, actually, I have an answer for that. You actually said it pretty well in, in your, in your description of it. This game's theme isn't heavy handed. This game's theme is this timeless classic quality that it doesn't necessarily um, it doesn't it doesn't have it by earning it over the centuries, but somehow it manages to actually wear and wear well, and so that's that's essentially the the game's theme is is its this timeless ancient quality and 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 honestly that was the only thing that i changed from the design that uh, was presented to me um the game was originally called uh sumo stones which okay you know it completely makes sense because you're you're trying to shove right. shove these stones off the off the edge of the boards but my feeling was after playing it it's such a pure and beautiful game that in that case the heavier thematic was actually holding it back Um, it didn't need that kind of thematic because the point of the game, it just, it just needed something strong and powerful and, and something that equaled the gameplay. So I, I searched uh, for a while and found, um, I was looking for, for Japanese words that might make sense, you know, keeping, keeping at least the, the, the thematic a bit. Shobu is a word that means match or bout. Um, and it's made of two kanji which are victory and defeat, which was, huh. again, so pure and powerful. I was like, there, that is this game's name. So, Oh, that's very cool. So let's uh, shift gears a little and, and move into the other big game that I keep seeing all of your your different uh, social media and websites, uh, The Menace Among Us. So this is a great design by Jeff Gum. Um, it is a sci-fi hidden role game. The the way I've been shorthanding this, you know, just to kind of get people's feet wet. Imagine it's like Battlestar Galactica that you get that same vibe out of it, but you can play it in 40 minutes. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's got the same kind of uh, individual goals as well as team goals that are going to harken back to something like a, a, a dead of winter. But the the game itself, you're on board a, uh, a struggling starship. Um, the engines are dead, you're drifting, and there's only so much air on board. So as a loyal crew member, you need to bring the engines back online all the way to 100 energy without suffocating to death first. Hidden among you, looking just like the rest of the crew, are the imposters, the menace, 
who are trying to do the exact opposite or kill you all outright. So what makes this kind of interesting is that, um, first of all, the game features shuffle building personal decks. So you're going to choose a an agenda at random, and that will tell you that'll tell you whether you're a loyal crew member or a menace, or in a larger game, a, a flip flopping coward potentially. It's going to give you your team goal: save the ship, destroy the ship, um, and it's going to give you that individual goal uh, that's unique to you that you still need to accomplish if you're going to win. And importantly, it's going to give you 13 cards that are unique to this role um, for the game. Now. Once you know what you're trying to do, you're going to select a character to help best do that. It's going to give you seven more cards to add to that hand, and you shuffle those together so your deck is always different every time you sit down to play. Because there are 16 characters and 10 agendas, there's a lot of, lot of mixing around there. That character is also going to give you two special abilities called above deck actions. Again, pairing those with what you're trying to achieve is kind of the key. So, uh, for example, one of the loyal crew members uh, is uh, the role is the vengeant. And for them to win, they need to make sure that someone here at the table dies this game. Now, that <laughs> okay. can be a horrible menace player. That's totally fine. However, it doesn't need to be for me to win. Now, whereas uh, the menace players are also looking for for tools to, to you know, kind of help them along. So uh, maybe one of the menace uh, chooses the medical officer, uh, Rody Bestine. They're going to add some great cards to their otherwise terrible hand of cards. Uh, so they can maybe flow it a couple out if they need to. But importantly, they've got an ability called first aid. Now, when you take a wound in this game, it's pretty serious because two wounds will kill you. So when I'm wounded, I'm like, oh, no, I'm like in a really tough spot. So if the doctor does first aid and removes that wound, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is thank you. That, you know, uh, and that doctor ends up looking like a really good crew member. But here's the catch. It costs two air to do first aid. And the menace is trying to suffocate everybody. So you really never know, and you have to constantly question the motivations behind everyone's actions. Sometimes what seems like it's bad or seems like it's good are actually the opposite. And it keeps you guessing, and that's what makes this game so rich and interesting. This is not a hidden role game where someone blinks funny and you're like, oh, that's it. I'm voting for you. Um, because if you do that, you are going to really put yourself in a tough position. Um, voting someone incorrectly of being a menace player comes with heavy penalties. So you don't want to do it just on a whim. Um, you know, you'll lose three air. They lose their abilities if they're a loyal crew member and they're no longer in your voting block. So it's, it's devastating. And this keeps uh, the game for even this kind of like hidden role, hidden trader kind of a thing. It makes it more about how well you play than how well you feign innocence, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm intrigued by it because... Uh, yeah, I think I hear a cat joined us. Yes, my cat has jumped <laughs> in my lap and he is purring right into the microphone. In fact, I think he's drooling on my arm too. I, I didn't know if he was loud enough for, for you to hear him over the, <laughs> That's funny. Over the mic too. So for those of you uh, uh, listening to the podcast, um, I've always said, you know, uh, you should always take a drink whenever you hear a cat purring or meowing on the podcast, because <laughs> it seems like every podcaster or anybody they're talking to, there's always a cat somewhere, That's somewhere funny. around there. And then they know when those mics are on. 
But um, anyway, so Menace Menace launched uh, officially about a month ago. We had preview copies at Gen Con, but it just hit the shelves basically a month a month ago. Reviewers um, haven't gotten their reviews out um, necessarily on it yet. So, um, but I I was just at BGG um, recently, and uh, Tom Vassell sat down to play it. Um, and I'm not sure it was high on his list, but he's like, ah, oh, you know, I should sit, I should sit and play with you. <laughs> When when he got up, he was gushing. He's like, "Oh, we're gonna have a review on this like next week." So uh, so oh, that's hopefully cool. uh, hopefully by end of uh, this week or beginning of next, uh, you'll see his thoughts on that. But it's it's one of those. I mean, my local game store. I I was bringing the prototype in because you know I, I do a lot of testing over there, uh-huh. and it is now like the staff wanted to stay after hours at 11 PM to play. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> and the, the patrons, every time I walk in the door, it's like, did you bring it? So like, it's just one of those games. Well, that's very cool. One of the things I definitely want to talk to you about, because I think when we were at origins, you had told me that this was what's going to be happening. And, and now that I'm seeing the artwork for it and some of the announcements. Oh, um, I know where you're going. Yeah. You're, so the anniversary edition of Cutthroat Caverns. Yes. So how long ago was it when Cutthroat Caverns came out? Oh my God. So <laughs> Cutthroat Caverns was my third game and it released in 2007. So it's 12 years ago now. Okay. It's been in constant print. It has never gone out. Um, it has always sold extremely well. But, you know, this was back in the day um, where I barely had three nickels to rub together to produce games. <laughs> um, and so there was no real art budget for the game. And now that, you know, we're in this kind of golden era of board gaming, the game was starting to look every bit of those 12 years zero <laughs> budget. And I, I felt like, you know what, the next time it comes up for reprinting, let me do a, a big anniversary edition. Let me, like, upgrade all the art, you know, take care of all the things fans have been bugging me about for years. Some things that were, you know, still not quite right in my own mind. And essentially, Soup to Nuts reboot the game for a modern audience. Um, not just the fans who, who already love the game, but to be able to reintroduce it uh, to to fans who have never heard of it or or maybe just heard about it but have never played it. So um, now I, I feel like it feels more like a modern board game on the shelf and it still delivers the exact same experience that, uh, that it always has. Where do you start with that? What's the first thing you try to look at? Well, the first thing was I, I, I didn't really want to change the game whole scale and I didn't really want to add a whole lot to it or combine all the all the different uh, expansions into one box. I mean, essentially, I want I wanted just to recreate the base game the way I would do it now. So it is still about kill stealing in a dungeon. It's still about needing to work together as a group of adventurers just to survive but knowing that if you don't betray each other, if, if if you don't trip someone or edge them out to get the blow uh, in that's going to kill the creature and get you the points, you're never going to win either. Um, so all of that is still absolutely uh, the, the same game. I definitely knew that um, the artwork needed to change art and graphics. Uh, so cover art um, beautifully done by Lindsay Look. Try to keep the, the essence of all the characters, but... Um, make them um, 
they were a little bit more uh, on the on the cartoony side before, and now they are much more a kind of realistic fantasy, you know, character look. The same is true of a lot of the encounters, the the creatures that you battle. Bugaboo, for example, was in the original game essentially a a pencil sketch of a ghost that I added some color to. You know, it it was a card. Now it's just beautifully illustrated and rendered. Uh, every single card is is now just like beautiful to look at and really enhances the the environment of play. But beyond that, there were about a third of the creatures when I first launched the game that I felt were, in retrospect, too weak. It seems like every time we had an expansion, people are like, make make death more a thing. Like, we, we, we want the threat of death to be really high. And when we first came out with the game, we were like, it's pretty high. But people <laughs> wanted it higher. Um, so I decided, you know what, some of those weaker creatures, let me just, while I'm up doing upgrading the art and graphics, let me take their stats up or their abilities and tweak them a little bit and make them more lethal. Um, okay. So I, I did that as well. This is also a game that was kind of early in my, uh, my designing years. And... I came from a creative writing background, not a rules writing background, um, and <laughs> I didn't necessarily understand the importance of strict keywords, uh, so I revamped all of that so it's much tighter on keywords, the rules are a little bit cleaner, um, so they'll, there won't be a huge FAQ anymore, which is another great thing. I also ended up going and adding just a couple rules uh, because there were things that I, I thought could be done better, some of which were suggestions from fans or just, you know, things that have evolved over time. So the first thing was the basic game was you know, the original game was 90 minutes, you know, uh, which which has a great dramatic arc in it, which is why it's 90 minutes. It allows you to, you know, misbehave really badly at the front, then halfway through the game say, oh, no, we're all going to die. We have to work <laughs> together. And then at the end, like, realize, you know, okay, well, the time for that is now passed. Now, if I'm low on points, the only way to win is to make sure you're dead. So there, there's a great arc. But, hey, if you want to play at lunchtime, you can now play a 40 or a 60 or a 90-minute game. And there are rules that govern how that's going to roll. That's very cool. Um, that's very good. Yeah. yeah. It's going to make it hit the table more often as a result, I think. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and for the same reason, we... We reintroduced a relatively new rule that governs the last encounter of the game. Early on, we had heard from players, you know, oh, sometimes like one of the less tough encounters ends up being the final one and the, the drama kind of drops off. It's not like a big boss that, you know, really raises the tension. So one of the things that we did in Expansion 5, we brought back as a core rule for the for the, the game in general, which is the epic finish rule, where everyone gets to choose who they think would be really cool to end with, and usually it's a much tougher, nastier creature, and those all get shuffled, and one of those ends up becoming the final encounter. So you won't know what it is, but you had a part in setting the drama of the game, and so that's, that's now a core rule. Oh, cool. The last thing that we added... Also from the expansions was the idea of relics. In expansion two, uh, Relics and Ruin, we ended up adding an event deck and these permanent relics that you could encounter or actually really earn during the game that would stay with you and have ongoing effects. Uh, unlike 
the item cards in the base game that, you know, the kind of their one use potions and gone from the game. If I had come up with the relic idea earlier, it would have been part of the the base game. So I was like, well, now it can be. But I didn't want to complicate the base game by adding the event deck. So I saved the event deck and how you normally get relics um, for expansions, just like they always have been, but incorporated 12 different uh, new relics that you simply encounter a treasure room after your first encounter and everyone kind of drafts one. And at least you get the, the the fun of having the relic, having a permanent ability. And then as you as you go on and get more of the the sets, you can play with the the full rules. You know, once you got your feet wet. So, which kind of brings up the the whole thing that um, with as many changes as we have made, especially graphically, uh-huh. this new base game is still completely compatible with every expansion we've ever released. I was getting ready to ask about that, so that's yep. that's very cool. Yep. As much as I wanted to change the back of the cards, because I was <laughs> I was I was upgrading the graphics on everything, and I was like, oh, I I really want to change this, or I want to change the actual logo of the game, and I was like, nope, can't do it, won't do it. So, <laughs> well, that's very cool. I, I do like the sound of that, being able to to still use those those expansions and such. And, yeah. and that makes sense because the expansions add more to the game and it was really the base game that you just, that you really felt needed to be just have that, uh, that facelift as it were. Yeah. Well, and I think even the first expansion deeper and darker, um, uh-huh. I did debate whether or not I was going to fold that in and revamp all that as well. Cause the art in that game had some, you know, similar budgetary problems but um but once we hit relics and ruin the art really started to improve what i i mean there are things that i love about each of those expansions uh there are some great encounters in uh, deeper and darker and every expansion had some kind of new mechanic so by the time we got to relics and ruins and it was the event deck and the relics and then we got to uh, expansion three which added more of those things and the Choose Your Own Path Adventure Book, which is amazing to play. Uh-huh. And then by the time we got to Expansion 4, we were customizing characters and um, had, you know, reputation cards to, to build those. Uh, all the way up to Expansion 5, uh, which actually carries the same look of the new game because we knew that we were going to go there already mm-hmm. uh, when we, when we uh, published Expansion 5. So that actually looks like the new base game now but um but in any case all of that content is so rich and great i mean this is one of those games that's okay to expand you know some sometimes you get a game and and people have like added a lot of expansions and you're like oh it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel like the same game i you know it's it kind of got lost in all the desire to add stuff and this game by and large it's almost it's almost all just new encounters and encounters are what keep this game fresh and interesting um, and now there's over like 120 different encounters for the game uh, and you only play nine at a given time so um, it's it's just rich and great and I, and I and I just love all of it and throwing all those encounters into into a single deck I think still just works and works great yeah and then what was kind of fun was um, while I was working on this uh, anniversary edition, we had the opportunity uh, to work with Cellblock Studios to create an app of this game. Uh-huh. So um, that just released 
also. So now you can actually get on, um, you know, uh, Google Play or uh, or the iStore and pick up a, a copy of Cutthroat Caverns to, to play on your mobile. I'm making that net right now because that's yeah. totally a thing I want on my phone. Yep. It's pretty cool. And um, there's, a, there's a code in the back of the rulebook for the anniversary edition um, that allows you to add one of the creatures from the uh, the reboot of the base game into the app game. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's a new creature called the Goblin Dragon um, that did not exist before in the, in the base game, but um, we we did add two new creatures to the game. So when we okay. when we rebooted, so so that one you you get by uh, by just typing in the code. But um, the curious thing about the app, though, it was kind of an interesting experience. Um, obviously, Cutthroat Caverns is all about player interaction and doing terrible things and watching watching their brain explode and curse <laughs> your name. So in the app environment, it was a very different task to do and, and do justice to the game because uh, we quickly realized that it was something we were going to have to build as a solo game. And the reason is because, as you know, every time, you know, Cutthroat Caverns, you can react and spoil just about every action someone takes. Uh-huh. Right, and right. whether that was going to be network lag or up to six players deciding, do I want to stop the game now? And giving them enough time to decide would have slowed this game to a crawl and made it just no fun. So instead, we created it just for solo play. And the challenge then to me as a designer was, okay, well, how are we going to make sure it feels like I am getting in deep in the dirt with with other people at the table? So so the first part is, yeah, there, you know, all the characters will emote when you do terrible things to them with both, you know, a, a verbal and a visual cue. I created six unique AI opponents, and they're all based on personality types that I see at the game tables when we are playing at conventions and anywhere else. Um, there are certain, you know, broad models that people have when they sit down to play. For example, uh, there is there is the one guy who it doesn't matter who's playing, they hate you and it's all coming <laughs> towards you. Okay. Yeah. Right? So that's one one AI type. Uh, another one is like they're the tit for tat player. They are going to level their hatred at whoever targeted them last. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's someone who's the peacemaker. They're going to spread it out as evenly as possible. <laughs> and you know what? If they can help you, maybe they even help you try to negotiate a little bit. So they're like all the different play styles I've seen are all kind of here. There's the 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 person who's like kind of hoarding cards for the big finish and other kind of things. So in any case, it's done a pretty darn good job of simulating actual opponents um, of different personality types. And that I found very very satisfying. I hadn't thought about what a unique challenge that would have presented taking this game and trying to make it into a mobile app. Yeah. Well, and it was a big challenge. It it, it was on the books to do um, three different times with three different uh, developers. Uh-huh. The first ones just didn't work out um, many times because they didn't realize how involved it was. Because if you think about it, because each of the encounters is um, is so unique, it's like designing 25 mini games. So the engine changes every time you see a new encounter. 
Okay. Yeah. And some of them are, are wildly drastic. It, it'll it'll go from you know one one target creature to seven creatures that keep on refreshing. Um, or it might be a game of memory, or it might be like all all, all kinds of different things happen in this game. So yeah, it's it, it was just a unique design challenge overall. And this finally, uh, Cellblock did an amazing job. They were able to not only like do the encounters justice, uh, each one of them, and find out all the different nuances that you know make these things work, but also these these AI personalities. I was I was describing in real terms or you know, experiential terms how I wanted the AI to behave. You know who these personality types were, and, and as it resulted, as you know any particular card, what it's is what is the use of this card in this particular player's hand different than another, and then also different to different situations. And I would just verbally talk about this stuff, and they actually coded it. Wow. So, <laughs> okay. so God bless them. <laughs> Are there any of other of your games that you think might also uh, benefit from the mobile app treatment, as well, it were? Yeah. Well, I can tell you that uh, Shobu is absolutely going to be an app. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, um, that one is just going to be a head-to-head uh, -head networked game. Um, there are there are people on BGG who are already playing um, almost like it was uh, back in the '80s. Um, you know, a text version of oh, the game. If you can wow. believe it. Okay. Um, okay. So there, there's definitely a desire to 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 have this in that kind of a format. So we want to make it just as as beautiful and um, uh, as we possibly can, and you know, offer different skins. So hey, yeah, if you if you want to play a steampunk board, absolutely, we got oh, it for you. Okay. Yeah. See, when you said when you when you said uh, they're playing it like like back in the '80s, I was like, oh no, don't tell me they're they're sending postcards with uh, you know with well, their, with the directions on it to each other. Although well, that would kinda. be that would be interesting, but, but I mean because it's not a, it's it. not a postcard, but they're leaving messages and right, they're right. using they're using X's and O's to mark the boards. Right. Oh, I wow. mean, it's like super low tech. <laughs> so somebody so somebody's got a a small uh, little table set up all by itself. Nobody's at yep. the table, but there's a Shobu board on there, and the pieces are arranged in such a way. <laughs> Every now and then, their their phone beeps, and they walk over to it, and they move a couple pieces, and just go, "Well played, my friend." Exactly. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> Take a puff of their pipe. Right. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Check us out on uh, Facebook. You just type in Smirk and Dagger, you'll find us. Um, uh, otherwise, you can head to our website, SmirkandDagger.com. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty easy to find. We're going to be making a lot of noise about it. So very cool. And if you follow them on Facebook right now and possibly on Twitter, I'm not sure you'll be able to see pictures of, uh, uh, a, a little elf smirky, the elf, uh, causing all sorts of mischief. So there's a smirky elf. Oh, you know what? Emily's <laughs> Emily done something naughty. That's great. Uh, I have, so I have, you didn't even know yet. about it. I haven't seen the post yet. I have to go and check it out. <laughs> I was just look. I was just looking at those today. I was like, "Oh, that's hilarious!" It's, yeah, it's a little elf with uh, Smirky's face on it. I th that I think is great. I think it, one of them is climbing up a Christmas tree or something. Okay, uh, good job, Emily. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, th uh, once again, thank you, Kurt, for coming on the show. Always a always a pleasure and. 
um, listeners, go go check them out. Check out Smirk and Dagger and all those uh, all those locations that Kurt uh, talked about. And if you're looking for him at a convention in December, uh, don't because he is done. He's done for the year. I think you said February is your year is when you're going to be probably That's, ramping yeah. back up. Next time to hit the road, yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen, have a great holiday and um, let's just keep gaming, everybody. Podcast at gmail.com. We got a ghost, got a ghost. I admit that I'm impressed since I'm Patrick, someone legit to come and sit and talk some stuff. Stuff. So, hey, Swarmcasters, it's John coming. At you. Is that what we decided to go with? What Swarmcast? No, I don't know. What we... Okay. Uh, let us know what you should be called. Email us at swarmcastpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we will pick one of those and uh, repeat, promptly forget it. Repeat that ad nauseum. Yeah, we'll promptly forget it. That's probably the more realistic thing. Anyways, I'm I'm here and I've got Ruby. Hey guys. And we have a special guest who's going to talk to us about something. Um, Awesome. I'll use that word. That seems to be an appropriate word. Amazing. 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 Um, that that they're going to be working on uh, for free RPG day. So with us right now, you can't spell crisis on infinite earths without Chris O'Neill. Chris O'Neill. That is, can you, I mean, I think you would have a tough time spelling it without Chris. I mean, uh, I mean, you but... can, you'd have to rearrange some of the letters. But I mean, the nice thing about Infinite Earth <laughs> is there are infinite Chris O'Neills, and at least one of us isn't busy. <laughs> so, fun fact: there is a podcast out there called uh, "Chris Is on Infinite Podcast." I was actually kind of upset about that. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. But it's that a real. but it's a comic book podcast. Oh, okay. Of course. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Because what else would it be? Yeah, I do remember John used to quite often babble on about oh i was listening to the stack the other day and yeah it's been a long time since i podcasted yeah but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but we're not we're not here to talk about um old podcasts and and, and crises, crises on infinite on infinite podcasties i think the plural podcast should be podcasties should be about current podcasts, people things they can get their hands on, <laughs> or maybe even possibly cool things coming down the the pike. Yeah, yeah. let's let's do that. That yeah. sounds much more much, much more interesting. Much more interesting. Yes. So, um, recently, ninth level games, you guys had announced something pretty cool that you're working on with Game Days LLC. Um, yeah. So. Um, uh, free RPG Day is an event that has been going on for I think like 2007 years. Yeah. yeah, or so it's maybe not 12, 12 years, a bunch of years. Yeah. Right. Um, and the uh, the creator of Free RPG Day, uh, Aldo Giazzi, uh, sold Free RPG Day to Gaming Days. Um, who Gaming Days are three retail specialists. They're guys that have been working in the industry for a very long time as retailers. So their focus is on trying to create events that will, one, entice players into retail game spaces, but also at the same time just trying to improve... Basically improve the uh, base, the original idea of what Free RPG Day was about. 
Yeah, free RPG Day started as a way to advertise role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're trying to do is is make it a more of an event that's focused around players. So that pretty much that, because at the end of the day, what stores want and what publishers want is players. Right. So, Someone to buy their product. Right. Now, one of the things is in the past, it has been very difficult for independent creators and small publishers to become part of free RPG day because the requirement was you basically had to make a thousand copies of a brand new product and give it away for free. Right. So being a small, a small company like ninth level games, there isn't really a lot of excess that you can put into it. Not a lot of fat to trim. Right. Uh, (laughs) If we're not talking about my pants, you know, (laughs) Uh, the, the, so the reality is, is that as a publisher, we want to be involved in free RPG day but it's very difficult, excuse me, for us to participate. We participate at one year. Right. Right. Like out of all the years. And Love and, it. and one of the side things is like so we created a product, a cobalt's product for that that actually was a pretty hot commodity. Yeah. Um, there was only one of them in every box. Um, and so there was actually like people trying to get them to resell them and stuff. Like it just wasn't a good experience all the way around for everybody. How do we get um, three copies? Because I know people. Oh, okay. Yeah, you might, you might know some people. <laughs> um, I think we managed to get our hands on one here locally. Right. After the I, fact. Because I, I did run it at our FLGS yeah. that, that year. Um, so what we did is, is we, we actually just talked with ourselves and we tried to figure out a way that we could create something different. And when uh, Gaming Days was first set up, we went to them and said, hey, um, what if we created an anthology um, because we had just come off of uh, working on the tragedies of middle school, which was an anthology product. Mm -hmm. Right. We could actually get a bunch of creative independent designers together, but that's only half of the equation. Mm -hmm. The other half of the equation is finding a way to produce it at zero cost Mm -hmm. so that we could produce a lot of it so that there would be a bunch of copies in every box. Because at the end of the day, we have three goals, right? So the first goal is, Create a platform for independent designers to be a part of Free RPG Day. Uh-huh. Two, create a way for independent publishers to sell their product through the Free RPG Day space. Get it in, get it under the purview of uh, the retailers. Okay. And then three, to create a product that the end users actually get to use and play and want to get because we'd like this to become an annual process. Okay. So in order to do that, we're, we're going to sell advertising within the, within the book to, uh, hopefully, most of the people that have already signed up are other RPG companies. Okay. So the thing that's interesting is, is there isn't really any marketing channels for small RPG companies anymore. Really? Yeah, I mean, think about it. It's like, all yeah, social I, media I and stuff that. now, yeah. Because there's no, there's no, like, you know, Dragon, Dragon Magazine, Magazine or, Dungeon Magazine. Right. Huh. Yeah, I mean, my joke is always I didn't been, really like, think about it. When I've talked to a lot of uh, companies, you know, they many of them might many of my friends might be of an age to me. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, one of the things that I said to a lot of them is, is when I was a kid, I used to look forward to the advertisements in the back of Dragon Magazine right. as much as I did to Dragon Magazine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of the vibe that we're going for where the advertisements aren't taking away from the product. Okay. Right? You know, like a lot of times you buy uh, these days, it's it's one of those things like uh, you buy Food & Wine magazine as much for the advertisement in the magazine as you do for the 
articles right. and recipes? The articles, right? Like right. that's kind of what we're trying to do. And so part of what we're doing is is that we're going to provide a way for every um, retailer mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. make sure that they can purchase anything in the book. Okay. And they can purchase the work of those people. So, for instance, Pelgrane Press is one of the advertisers. Now, they already do Free RPG Day, mm-hmm. um, but they, you know, they support the, the, this process as well. And um, Pelgrane's going to have an ad in there, and there's going to be a piece for the retailer that supports that ad. Okay. Oh, very cool. Yeah. You know? So if small companies are doing it, so like Ninth Level is going to have our, you know, we're going to have a game in there, and then it's going to tell every retailer where they can get our stuff. Okay. And then on the other side, again, so it's talked about from the design side, right? The interesting thing is, is you know, so we're working with a bunch of designers. We already have a bunch of product. We already have a bunch of, of cool things. Um, there's going to be some, like, eight-page games. There's going to be some one-page games. Uh, there's going to be a one-page dungeon or two. You know, there's going to be a little bit of content across the entire spectrum. So there's going to be some, some you know, gonzo, wacko stuff, I really hope. Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> That um, we have a uh, we might have a LARP about going to the Olive Garden, um, <laughs> you know. So I mean, look, this we've already signed a game. It's about uh, you know ha- having your dice have to have conversations with each other because they're, one of them is dying. Oh, um, it's 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 heart wrenching. It's heart wrenching. Oh wow. Um, and uh, you know maybe a game about a moose doing drugs. I mean we don't we you know so I mean there's a bunch of like crazy stuff. But then there's going to be some more traditional things. Um, Ninth level is hoping to put in a, a, an eight page game about barbarian swordswomen. Um, you know uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. And uh, on our website you can people can go especially independent designers if they're interested in submitting something. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, what's your website? It is ninthlevel.com, 9-T-H-L-E-V-E-L.com. Okay. and Just click on the free RPG Day logo. You did mention something about advertisers and, and that. What kind of people are you looking for? Are you just looking for publishers? So or focused on RPG publishers or people that are creating RPG-adjacent product. Okay. So, you know, dice companies and, and that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so not like... Like if I wanted one just to advertise <laughs> me, not, I mean, not, yeah. the, not the podcast, just me. If you just wanted to advertise John, yeah. um, I would, I, I'd be okay with it. I mean, it's, it's a little expensive. It's a little expensive for that, but um, uh, we would appreciate it. So um, the, uh, yeah, but I mean, if there's any, um, you know, companies or RPG, especially, uh, I think, you know, people that are looking, this book's going to come out at Free RPG Day next year, which is the week before Origins. It's actually before oh. Origins this year? Wow. That is part of their ongoing commitment. Wonderful. That is awesome. That they never overlap. <laughs> that I've, is awesome. Because one of my big complaints has always, has been. always been that when I go to Origins, it's it's Free RPG Day happens at Origins and nobody has Free RPG Day stuff. At or yeah. yeah, and our yeah, friends so are unreliable. Um, and so you'll be able to go and do free RPG day the week before, and then all of that stuff will be available at Origins. At Origins. Yeah. That's perfect to, for purchase. You know, last last time when I had to when I skipped Origins and did free RPG day, yeah, ended up in the hospital two weeks later. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Uh, that's true. That's why they should never be on the same day. Well, that's. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of correlation there. <laughs> there, there wasn't. 
Oh, no. Isn't no. there now? Oh. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh. But at the, at the end of the day, the thing with Free RPG Day is, is that this way we we really hope that, you know, if people are going to be looking, the people ad, potential advertisers, you know, they're either going to want to advertise their perennial products or their products for the second half of next year. Right. Well, I think it's really neat because having participated and seen the Free RPG Day kits is, yeah, you do see those bigger companies like Paizo, Pelagrain, um dungeon crawl classics people that can mm-hmm. push out the things and it's the same games more or less every year yeah and it's neat with this idea because now it's more likely we'll see some of those smaller indie companies that right. that you you really only see i guess nowadays online or well yeah and it used to be you would have to go to some place like the the forge or right. something like that to you know or, or indie uh indie press revolution or something like that yeah, and, yeah. And, that, that. and that's a good that's a good thing, right? Like IPR, it's like IPR type companies yeah. is is really who we're hoping that advertise through, yeah. and that you're going to see content. But um, part of our mission is to have a, an inclusive, you know, set of different voices, right? So they're all not just going to be the Crest- same the, the same kind of designers, right? Okay. They're not all going to be crusty old white men. Oh, well, I guarantee that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there might be some white dudes in it, um, but uh, the uh, you can't tell that by writing. I, I mean, you know, the the thing that's important is is that we're you know we're looking to get different kinds of right, different types uh, of stories and games, different kinds of viewpoints, right? And, and not just and and that that's also just like not every game needs to be something that you would that you would publish or sell, right? Right. Okay. Um, you know, they can be tiny games. They can be strange little one offs. Uh, yeah, you know, um, uh, because it's more about uh, role playing as an experience, and hopefully, it's gonna, you know, some kids are gonna take these books home, read something that they never would have read before, and get them interested in it. So. Right, right. Yeah, Isn't that a good way yeah. to 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 get it. You wrap your head around some different some different co- mechanics or concepts. Or different concepts. Yeah. Yeah, because for a lot of people, they're going to come to Free RPG Day. Their only experience with role playing is have having been played Fifth Edition or having played Pathfinder. Right, right, right. Personally, I do use Free RPG Day and cons to another extent to just try something new. So I'm always yeah. looking for those games. Uh, some of the games that I found that I love, like Lady Blackbird, it's it's what two three pages and that's it. Right, and if that, yeah, right, and it's just one of those that. I saw it there. I saw the name. I was like, I don't know what it is. Let's try it. So yeah, those are the kind of games that we're hoping that you'll see mm. in the anthology. So and, and you know, so a couple of games that'll be focused more something like a Lady Blackbird or Lasers and Feelings. Like there's little kind of games that established gamers can just pick up and play right away. Right. Um, so even if you're just there at Free RPG Day, you could be looking at it and be like, oh, this sounds good. Let's hey everybody, let's sit down and do this. Right. Um, and with a short, the with a short also, page count, yeah. yeah. Yeah, also some things that are just a little meatier, you know, that'll get people's juices going, thinking about things to do. I'm super uh, excited to hear about this. Yeah. That, yeah. John mentioned it, but I, I didn't <laughs> let him talk to me about it. So. Sure, well, it makes sense. <laughs> when, I, when I read the original post, I was like, wow, this sounds like uh, everything that I would have wanted to be able to get out of previous uh free rpg days because because like ruby said before sometimes you go there and it's almost like a crapshoot will i get that one that i was or is someone was gonna to run that or is someone or... gonna 
you know, it was like, did they, did my FLGS only get one copy of it? And so that guy who's well, running and that's, it has it. that's, you know, that's coming from gaming days being like, Hey, yeah. if we're going to do this, we need to do it big. Right. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. so, but in order for us to do this, we need to produce about 15,000 copies of this book. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So what's um, the so we need some advertisers? Okay. <laughs> well, I was gonna say. So what's the best way uh, people can support this? And I guess uh, get advertisers. advertisers. Um, the best way people can support this is to support Free RPG Day. Um, okay. If they're designers uh, or you know where they're advertisers, they should reach out. Uh, go onto our website. Uh, and if you're uh, you know you're just a fan, you're an important part of this too, right? Um, reach out to your friendly local game store and tell them, hey. I want to do free RPG day here at your shop. So make sure that they, you know, those people sign up, those shops sign up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, we're particularly lucky yeah, to have a very that, yeah. nice shop around here called Firefly that is very enthusiastic and, and right. And they, and they will reach out to people who right. run and say, Hey, does anybody want to run? Right. They, this? they actively seek people to participate into their mm-hmm. free RPG day stuff. So, yeah, and this is just the first year that we're doing it, so we're hoping this year's you know we'll get the kinks out of it, and um, over the next couple of years we can you know grow this piece, right? And so that people are looking forward to it, right? Well, you've you already know. got at least two people looking forward to it. <laughs> rock, rock and roll. <laughs> so, so what what level of experience from a game designer or such are you looking for for some of these games to be submitted? Yeah. Uh, you know, basically, we want we want to make sure that there's something in the book for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I expect there to be at least one like more complicated, challenging game, um, and then you know a, a bunch of a, a bunch of things that are you know ready to play for someone that's never played anything before. And I would like a mix. I, you know, I'd love to get one or two designers who haven't ever designed anything before. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, there's one designer that we've been talking to, and I'm keeping this all vague because that's fine. No, perfect. All signed up, right? A young designer from Chicago, and they really impressed me. Um, They were working on their first game, and they had an idea, and I was like, "That idea, please make that and give it to us for free." RPG. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really want to play it. So, I mean, uh, I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see some really neat stuff. It sounds like it. Um, so everything's going good with it. You got people rolling in one way or the other for the advertisers, for the game designers. You're you're looking like you're on track. Yeah, I mean, we'd like to have more. Uh, we'd like to have more advertisers signed up at this right. point, but um, this is a bad time of year. <laughs> we wish we had started a little earlier. Okay. Um, so when. Content. When would be the deadlines for if if for some reason we were lucky enough to have game designers or advertisers listening? If there is four designers, the four the advertising and sponsorship January thirty first okay. is when we need that by. Free RPG Day is actually June the thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else you want to say about it before I ask you another question about other things that isn't related to this? No, I, I mean, that's it. I mean, oh, okay. uh, people should go and check it out, right? Okay, right. Um, yeah, so again, that's level one. Level one from ninth level games. You like right. those numbers and levels, don't you? Uh, you know, we actually, we spent a lot of time talking about it, and for a while we were just going to call it level. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought it was kind of interesting. We'd kind of gone back and forth with a bunch of different things. We wanted to give it a name that would be resonant of 
role-playing yeah. game, but okay. at the same time, um, it wouldn't give too much information. It wouldn't lock it into something. Mm-hmm. And then there was a really good question because then we were like, oh, we call it, we'll call it level one and then next year we'll call it level two. And then it was, we don't want to do that because we want it to, that it's an opening pro. It's, it's right. something that everyone feels they can get into. Okay. Yeah. So. I think level, yeah, level one's, I think it's a great name for it. <laughs> it, it, will tell you, it. For me as a gamer, it tells me a lot of what I want to know okay. about what it's going to be. Right. It works. Alternatively, uh, you uh, could have called it uh, bonus XP. Um, uh, you know, most of the games that are going to be in it aren't going to be. <laughs> right. Aren't going to have any XP. Um, <sighs> save versus death. Oh, wait, that's been. That's save yeah. versus death. I've already done. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so now I have a question for you, Chris O'Neill yeah. of Ninth Level Games. What are your plans for the upcoming convention season or oh, the New man. Year's? It's crazy. <laughs> um, our first convention starts on January second. Wow! Oh my god! Are you going? Are you going to Ireland again? No, we're oh. going to Magfest in um, Washington D.C. Oh, okay, Magfest. It's a show we love. We yeah. love Magfest. That um, seems like a show we would like. Yeah. Too. Yeah, it's a it's out there. <laughs> it's it's not like any of the other shows we go to. Um, Being different can be good. Gaming and yeah. music and food is that the, uh, no? That's South by Southwest. That's South by Southwest. There's no, definitely that's... not any food. Uh, that's the <laughs> hardest part. It's the hardest part with Magfest. <sighs> um, uh, no, but so we have uh, that. So we have Magfest. Uh, we have um, ECCC. Uh, Emerald City Comic Con in oh in Seattle Seattle nice. so you're going West Coast to Very start nice. out then we have um, PAX East okay okay Origins Gen Con yeah uh-huh. or, I'm sorry Origins Gen Con PAX Unplugged uh, which we just got back from um, we're probably going to do Game Hole Con this year I'm oh. hoping to go to Gary Con Adriel is going to Breakout Con in Toronto oh why does that one sound familiar to me hmm. it's a really great show. Um, I wish that I could go, but it, it I have uh, have other commitment. <laughs> Get to go um, up there and hang out with Jason Anarchy, play some drinking quest. <laughs> oh, I love you, dear. What? Nothing. Did I did I drop a name just then? No. Let me go pick that up. No, no, no. You didn't because you didn't say, well, you could go oh. talk to my good friend. Talk to my good friend, Jason. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, anyway. I talked to him once. Yeah, so I mean, we're doing all those shows. We're going to be doing a couple of things. We're going to have some announcements about some of the shows and something that we're doing. Our focus in 2020 is on our new role-playing games. So it's really, it's really around Polymorph. What are, uh, okay. So what are the ones that you're going to be pushing more of so we're going to be really pushing the excellence and we're going to really be pushing mazes i admit the excellence looks well excellent uh it's not what i was trying to say but it does it looks really cool and then we're and and then over the summer we're going to be pushing the polymorph construction kit so more information to come on that okay very cool Um, and uh, we do have a kickstarter starting in january for pavlov's dogs which is the spiritual successor to schrodinger's cats okay yeah, I saw I saw you do an interview where you mentioned that, and you mentioned the possibility of what Darwin's Finches. <laughs> yeah, Darwin's Finches. I think will be the third one. So let so. Me, let me propose this as a fourth expansion to this, or fourth. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Just hear me out. Edison's Elephants. No. <laughs> what? Too soon? 
I, it's good. I like it. But no, <laughs> we're not making a game about murder and elephants. <laughs> All right. Wow. Just keep, I tell you what, just um, <laughs> put that in the maybe pile for when business gets gets kind of slow. I'm, I'm really glad that you got that. I'm curious how many people will understand that because, you know. Uh, probably everybody who gets Darwin's Finches. finches. If you get right. Darwin's Finches, you right. probably get Edison's Elephant. <laughs> <sighs> wow. That was special, dear. That was my, that was my one note I made for this uh <laughs> this interview yes he, he super prepares boom now it's done the other one was chris is on infinite podcast oh okay we already said that so my I'm, my notes are covered okay i, I didn't write any <laughs> notes so you're ahead of me i like to keep it all loosey-goosey mm-hmm. <laughs> well now that i thoroughly derailed us with electrocuting elephants right oh i was asking about shows and you were telling us about the shows and mm-hmm. then the games that you're promoting um kickstarter which one was the kickstarter i'm sorry we have uh, pavlov's dogs coming to kickstarter in yes. january and then um for zine quest 2 Ooh. we'll be doing mazes quarterly okay yeah i have so, to i gotta say when we got ours in the mail i don't think john had even said hey we're supposed to be getting our package i have to be a little vigilant about our post carrier if it's the <laughs> with the weather because they apparently don't like to get out of their van and actually bring packages to our door. So they try and cram as much as they can into our mailbox. And it's just a standard size mailbox. So I have to be very vigilant when I'm expecting books and things like that. Uh, and yeah. uh, So when it showed up, I was like, hey, I've got something and I don't recognize the address. What is this, John? He's like, I don't know. And I open it up and I'm like, oh, it's your mazes. And it's very colorful. Well, I think because the tracking thing told me it was going to be showing up like the next week. Right, right. So I wasn't expecting it like the day after I got the tracking notice. Yeah, they come out really. Uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, you know, we do all that with media mail and uh, it's uh, it's really about which way the wind's blowing. <laughs> I have no idea. Because <laughs> y'all are y'all are not near me. Yeah, Yo, we're in South Carolina. <laughs> Yeah. You're up in Pittsburgh? Pennsylvania. Hey, it starts with a P. Same uh, state, but those, you know, separated by about uh, six hours. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, then, is there anything else that you would like to tell us or our listeners about uh, Ninth Level Games? No, I'm great. You got, you got all the high levels and you got all the important stuff about level one. So Yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah, we love yeah. talking with you. So once again, uh, we've had Chris O'Neill from Ninth Level Games on to talk with us about not only Ninth Level Games, but level one, which is something you can look forward to with Free RPG Day, which is going to be on June 13th, 2020, the week before Origins. That's Woo. super exciting. So, uh, yeah, go check them out. NinthLevel.com, uh, spelled with a nine. Swarmcast, I got your number. I'll call you all the time. Area code 803-470-4439. Four seven zero four four three nine. Four seven zero four four three nine. Four seven zero four four three nine.
Hey everybody, here's a bunch of jerks sitting around talking about stuff. So we're sitting around uh, reflecting on our gaming experiences and such for 2019 and possibly saying what we might be looking forward to in the future. Ooh. Future. <laughs> so, uh, hey guys, it's me, John. And Ruby. Ruby's here. Calvin. And Nini. So, uh, who wants to go first? What's what's something? What's probably the highlight of your your gaming for twenty nineteen? Oh, so many games, so many games, both RPGs and video games, mm. board games to another extent, but for different reasons. Okay, I, I can't even recall all the board games we've played this year or I've played. Uh, Echidna Shuffle. Yeah, that was a big one, and the other one, Men at Work, mm-hmm. was a super fun, cool one. Like the band. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a dexterity game by Pretzel oh, Games, the same people that brought you Flick 'em Up. Ah, okay. um, it's a lot of okay. it's blocks. It's a lot of wooden blocks and meeples and and stuff, and you can use the box mm-hmm. as part of it. There's three different variants. They're all real easy. You can either like build on the table. You can use the crane part that's in there oh, yeah, to build on it, or you can and then or you could use okay. the actual box with the plastic insert. Is the skyscraper variant. So yeah. that one's a lot of fun, and it is a dexterity game. It's kind of like a mixture of pickup sticks and. Uh, yeah. Something else I can't think of, but pickups. I, I, w- I would have said Jenga. But Jenga, yeah, in a way, a little bit because if stuff falls down, you lost. It's right, bad. right, well, right. Bad you, things happen. Um, less, yeah. <laughs> tons, tons, tons of board games. Those are just the most recent ones. Oh, the table is lava. That's been a super that's fun been one. one of your yeah, favorite, that was that's fun. been one of your yeah. favorite ones this year. Yeah. Uh, quick little yeah. fun game cards you put on the table and you have these little meeples and basically then you have a handful of cards that you each take turns like trying to knock the meeples off. A lot of people th- got injured. Right, by throwing the cards. <laughs> by or, Brooklyn. Right, or throwing the cards at the meeples to knock them off and then into the table, which is lava. Um, video game wise, let's see. Uh, we played a lot of video games. We played Destiny 2 together. John and I play a lot of co-op video games mm-hmm. that we can sit on the couch together. Mm-hmm. Um, we played Divinity too. Yeah, Divinity. that's what I said, didn't I? You said Destiny too. Oh, Divinity. yeah, I meant Divinity too. Sorry. And uh, like, what was the Destiny? Portal Knights? Portal Knights was another big one that, that we played fun. a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big demos that we've been playing a lot of is uh, Dragon Builders too. Dragon Builders. Two. Dragon Builders. Dragon two. Quest Builder too, or and, whatever it's called. Uh, so much fun. I don't know. We got Bloodborne. We got Final Fantasy. Well, 15, I guess, was last year, but... You played Dragon Age. I remember you playing Dragon Age oh, because yeah. I started it. Oh, yeah. I played Dragon Age. Again. I go back. Every year. Every, every year. year. I do. Dragon I play Age. Dragon Age every and Mass, Mass Effect it's every a year. It's tradition. Yes. I go through the Dragon Age games. And the Mass Effect ones for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Dragon Age for me. I, I usually play them all... One right after the one other. One right after the other. Um, I've taken to playing year. The Witcher every other year now. Yeah. Speaking of, I can't wait to watch that <laughs> on Netflix. Yeah. We haven't started. We haven't either. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, Hopefully you know. it's tonight or tomorrow. Yep. We got some time. Um, RPGs. So many good RPGs. I can't, and you know, on RPGs, for me, this is the first year that I really gave 5th Ed a, a shot. Yeah. yeah. A shot. Yeah. And yeah. not necessarily I'm, because I was against it, but it's. Okay, for the larger ones, for at least for me, is it, you got to psych yourself up for that investment in books, right? Because there's certain game systems like Pathfinder, like Shadowrun, 
D&D, you know that there's going to be a minimum of three to four books. Minimum. So, you know, and each book is 50 to 60 bucks a pop. You know, when you only have a certain amount of gaming dollars to spread out between video games, miniatures, board games. I mean, it's an investment. Right, right, right. Yeah, it absolutely is. Right. So what about what about you guys? What about you, Calvin? Um, well, I said that I know there's some overlap. The, the fifth ed there, um, I, I was I, I have been thoroughly enjoying it. Um, it is slimmed down a lot from like the Pathfinder stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like but the see, choices when- that they removed, they removed mechanically, but they they want you to use them more narratively narratively yeah so it's like yeah okay. they took yeah. away a lot of the, there's a long sword and there's a short sword <laughs> they don't have you know the scimitar and the blah 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 right. but you can have your long sword be a scimitar if right you want. Yeah. it just still does the same damage right why Which do you need 14 million yeah. stats yeah. for each one when they're all essentially going to do the same thing um yeah that's true you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about like, well, it's a scimitar, so it does right. this yeah. extra kind of thing right. against this type so, of armor. I, I've been enjoying that. Um, Any other games you've played? You're active history. Yeah. Uh, did a lot of playing a lot of video games because you know, video games. <laughs> uh, we actually went okay. back to I went back to playing Star Wars: The Old Republic MMO. Oh, okay. Um, oh wow. Which surprisingly is still very very popular and and holds up and relevant yeah they just released a new expansion and everything um everybody's got baby yodas now no no (laughs) i haven't gone that far yet i i expect something i'll be the first one to get it though (laughs) uh but it's a rare drop you gotta farm i'm saving up credits (laughs) there's bound to be a baby yoda yeah, so it's... Well, I mean, getting a baby Yoda is easy. You just got to get an adult, ah. two adult Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Get them really drunk. Who knows? Maybe yeah. there's so few I'll be like the like koalas or something. Like the villagers, how you breed villagers. <laughs> Put two baby Yodas in a space, feed space. them. But yeah, we, we also um, did the Divinity 2 mm-hmm. series of... You know, I say series, but oh, right. run for a while. So I really liked Divinity, the first one. Mm-hmm. Really liked it. I didn't mind the switch up in two, but it's like they changed things that I'm like, why did you change that mechanically? Like the screens, the inventory screens in particular. Why did you change them so drastically between the two different ones code-wise? I hated the, the, the inventory in two when we yeah. were playing together. When you were playing by yourself, it was perfectly fine. It opened all your bags between all your characters and you could swap them around. But if you were co-oping... You were playing in one screen? If, oh. and, but if you're co-oping together, John would have to open a bag and drop the stuff and I'd have to pick it up. And there was no so, actually uh, moving it, it from bag to bag. Yeah. In, yeah. But, so in the, the PC version... Mm-hmm. I could open the bags and it opened up everybody's and I can just drag it. I couldn't drag it into their bag, but I could drag it to their name tag of their bag mm-hmm. and it would auto sort it into. Oh, the, oh uh, see, John and I were playing the PS4 version. Right. Not the which PC. is why I was, right, uh, which right, I, right, why I right. made that specific. Right. But there was the option that if the player was playing the character mm-hmm. and it wasn't just you, then he had the option to unlock and lock your yeah. bags. Yeah. So yeah. if you, you don't want your somebody to touch your right. bags, oh, okay. you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, we didn't really have that, yeah. that option yeah, on the so PS4. Hmm. We yeah, played Minecraft again. Yeah. 
Because, mm-hmm. you know. Because uh, Minecraft. It's Minecraft. Right, right, right. Portal Knights. Better Portal than Minecraft. Uh, I like... Did you get to play any of the Portal Knights? Because no. I played it with Joel. Uh, well, Portal Knights yeah. is really fun. I find Dragon Quest Builder to be... More so. More fun than Portal Knights. Because you can build more, actually. Mm. You can build a lot more mechanical, mechanical stuff, stuff like you can in Minecraft. How you can mm-hmm. build like a set of things that right. work together to do stuff. Like Dra- Dragon, Dragon Builder, you can make carts that go on tracks that you jump in the cart and it takes yeah. you around the track. Or, you or, can make cannons right. that shoot stuff. And okay. Where in Portal Knights, you, Portal don't, Lines, you just build. Doors, that's the most you can... Uh, Doors and chests, those Doors open and, and close. Yeah, my I don't thing think I ever on figured Minecraft. out how to do doors. <laughs> my thing on Minecraft was... <laughs> All my buildings just had holes. <laughs> the redstone without the rest and whatever. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, RPG-wise, RPG-wise. RPG-wise, uh, let's see. We played we, Dragon Age. We did. Oh we yeah, did yeah. Dragon I read. Age. I, I would mm-hmm. love to get back to that, but you know, holidays um, and life. Dragon Age was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. Um, we played. So we got. Yes, Dragon Age the RPG, not the video yes. game. Yeah. <laughs> because we did right. play both, but right. the RPG. Uh, so we played. Um, we just started playing some Barum with, with, with Tim. Tim. And that has been a really interesting setting. And the mechanics are kind of cool, and the way you build the characters are kind of neat. It very much has that um, semi-narrative feel. Right. It gives you enough options that the rules aren't as restrictive as you might think at first. Okay. Um, and then we played some of the, sh- the Shadow of the Demon Lord with, with yeah. Tim. Oh, okay. Speaking of Tim. The one that you GM, the sci-fi one... Yeah, I was going to talk about that. Mothership? Uh, Mothership. The Mothership. Yeah. That was cool. That Mothership. was fun. That was, like, it was very atmospheric. <laughs> it was, like, yeah. alien kind of thing. It had, some, it had it. some neat stuff, too. Yeah. I you played do? Shadowrun for the first time. Oh. That's right. We did yeah. the first like that. Oh, that's right. That's right. And I hadn't played it before. And, yeah, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it in 2020 at some point, if you guys are willing. Yeah. We will we, be. We started monkeying around with character building, Shadowrun is one of those games, right, with 6th edition. Um, So Shadowrun is an interesting thing. They always come out with a core book, and then they follow it up. They usually follow it up with either magic or equipment. And then they follow it up with uh, the the tech or the the wireless or the the internet type stuff. Uh And that's usually their core books that they get out. And once that gets out, it feels like it's a complete game. Because even like right now with the main book, it's good. It's solid. You can play it. But there's certain things you're like, well, what about this cyberware? What about this? You know, or what about this gun? Or it feels, you you know, the, the... I want more. Where are mm-hmm. the optional rules right. for right. Cause, spirits? Because okay. right now the sci- <coughs> the cyber limbs, right? You know how it's always like the the cyber limbs that are in the main book are always kind of like well, those are okay. they're very basic. Right. But you know right. that there's going to be so a book that's going to come out with the so with the basic. with the. Uh, with the better version right of the right right line. so it's like we started playing around with building the characters and testing out the rules but it's really not until those other books come out that it's ready we can actually right. start right because campaign. well we've done it before in the past where we start with just the base book and then oh look well if i had known this do? my yeah. character would I not be built this way right and so you kind of hit that brick wall right. and it's like well i don't want to play this character anymore i want and, a new and that's, character it's a little harder to just 
rebuild, rebuild your character, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Than it is with like D and D or right. something like that, or anything else. It's really. not as easy to just swap out these two things to make them what you right. would have. But uh, uh, but we found it looks like Hero Lab is going to be the, the way Hero to, Lab online is is going to as much as I did subscription based <laughs> stuff. But that's going to be one of those things that it's like, oh, you guys canceled on me at the last minute. Well, mm, you, I'm paying. Yeah, okay. I'm it's like three bucks a month, a month for, for it. But yeah. still, yeah, it's one of those. It's like, now I'm investing real money into it for real time and you guys don't want to get together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that feeling though. Yeah. So you, Nini, have been doing something interesting this year with RPGs. Oh, well, now that I'm here, I actually have the chance to run games and play more because when right, I was right, in the right. UK, I didn't have people. Right, and it is a little hard to do it online when the time difference. Yeah, so. But but now, in particular, you're running something that you've been talking about. Yeah, I'm running 5e. For? For kids. Yeah, what age? I mean, four and Seven. She's four years old. Oh no, age four-year-old, age six or six and a half, and then a thirteen-year-old, and then Alvin, and then their mom. Okay. But you were talking about. That was pretty much like a thirteen-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Thirteen-year-old white girl. Yep, that's true. Yeah, Kevin's sure. A I am a thirteen-year-old basic. Basic, white girl. Right. <laughs> like Papi and Spice and stuff. Basic. Yeah. So, but you were talking to us about all these different things that you've been doing for the kids. Game. Oh yeah, um, I actually uh, because I wanted to keep them engaged mm-hmm. and stuff. So I have more time than I have anything else right now. So I was building them stuff like uh, little crates that had the dice in them mm-hmm. or anything then I could present to the character. Um, so you did I, a lot. You're doing a lot of prop work with it. Yeah, the yeah, kids. yeah. Crafting and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I made them dice towers out of cardboard. Cool. They absolutely the, love oh, it. Cool. She, she, so she, we all got a, a unique little magic item. It, nothing powerful or anything, but... They they all she has little props for each one and one of them like for the four year old. So it's very tactile as yeah. well. So yeah, I made a, a key that would lock any door that it touches okay. for about an hour, mm-hmm. and I made that key with uh, a glue gun. Okay. I just made the key with glue, hot glue. And so when and she's when, going crazy. Yeah, about when it. Pesto <laughs> was playing, she has to have her key. Like she has to be holding <laughs> it. Aww. Um, so it's been really interesting. And then it's been the time to actually use it once. And Colin says, you can use that now, best. And she goes, ah. and Click. she touches it on the door. She was so happy about it. You, you guys didn't see this because it's all audio, but she's like super smiling and yeah. like like yeah. making the motion of touching a key to a door. Yeah. Um, another thing you know, to keep them busy is uh, um, puzzles. So yeah. like they were in the major tower and they had to solve a puzzle to get in the door. Okay, so I'm just going to bring this up. Um, I know that our Kids Track Coordinator, Liz, not this year, but maybe next year, is always looking for people that are willing to run and can handle running for younger kids of various games. Um, You might be interested. I know Liz would be interested in having people. (laughs) Okay. I I tried to get Tim to run Shadow of the Demon Lord for Kids Track. (laughs) Sure. Sure. That seems legit. (laughs) Sure. You know, I'd be happy to do it. And, uh, you know, sometimes they will surprise you. When they first met Calvin's character, he was unconscious. And everybody was 
discussing the the older uh-huh. ones were discussing what we're gonna do and how we're gonna do it and stuff. Calvin was unconscious, so he wasn't talking. Uh-huh. And Pesto, which is the four-year-old one, says, "Well, we can take him to my bed. He's gonna sleep and he's gonna wake up and he's gonna be fine." And indeed, he wasn't conscious, so he had to sleep. sleep. Mind you, the rest of them had never played before, so right. they didn't know how sleep right. works. But kids are the four-year-old solved right, it. Right. You know, <laughs> kids are surprising sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, they're really engaged. And I'm enjoying it. What about you, John? Oh, my gosh. You guys have covered a lot of ground of what, what I've... Uh, we have. Because, um, okay, there's... We definitely got some Kickstarters fulfilled this year, like Rockopolis. Like which we ones? Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, yeah, Kickstarter-wise, I got my Rockopolis book. That was exciting. Um, we got our Immersive forward, Maps that book. Up. My Immersive Maps books. Those will be fun to get to the table. Those will be fun. Um, as, as I'm I looking at them. I, did you I want to look at them later? They are yeah, later. massive. Yeah. They are massive and they're awesome and they have little sticker things you can put in Color them. Color forms. Yeah. Uh, what else did I uh, Kickstarter. Uh, we did uh, Oh, Mothership. Mothership. Which we talked about. That was uh, a lot of fun. We got the quick start for Shadowrun 6th uh-huh, edition. Which we ran. And then we got to talk with uh, Jason Hardy. Was it Jason Hardy? Yeah. No, Jason no. Hardy's a. Yeah. He's too good for our show. I'm pretty sure it was Jason Hardy. I thought it was Mark something. No, Mark is the guy that runs stuff <laughs> at Firefly. Well, okay, people can go and listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Find out who it was we talked with. Uh, yeah, gosh, I think you're right there. You got more books. I can't remember all of them that have come through. Uh, well, I got some board games that were uh, really exciting. Yeah, like yes. I got probably one of my favorite oh. favorite uh, board games now through Kickstart, which was Trogdor. Yeah. Trogdor. You did get one more RPG. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, I got from ma- mazes, mazes from, from ninth level games. We'll, yeah. we'll get that to the table at some point, too. Yeah. Um, earlier in the year, I, I finally got to really run and run um, a decent amount of... I'm looking at Overlight? it. Overlight? Overlight, yeah. It's like it's a very colorful game right over there. Yeah. Over, Overlight. I talked to oh, Ed a you lot. Got, you got your suede book. That's Savage right. World. Got my Savage World Adventures Edition Deluxe or whatever it's called yep. stuff, oh. and we got to run a quick start that was using those rules. Yeah, the um, uh, six guns and sagas. Yeah, and then that we talked to fun. the creator of that game. Yeah. Oh my gosh! At Origins, we got to talk with the the creator of Clockwork Colon Dominion. Dominion. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that was a f- he was, was fun to talk to. Yeah, game. we got some uh, of those in the Scarab Prize Library this year. Yeah, yeah, full books. That's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, you were on board games. I went back to right, RPGs. Right, right. Well, we're talking about just games, right? Yeah. I got to talk with uh, Kirk Covert from Smirk and Dagger like a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, some guy named Chris from Ninth something games. <laughs> 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 I got to do Midnight Massacre again at, uh, at Origins, so that was yeah. a lot of fun. I would love to get you back to Origins. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. Uh, we, mm, we'll talk later. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll we'll talk. talk. Really looking forward to Shadowrun, though. I think that's yeah. going to be... Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so maybe that's a good way to segue into what do we think we're looking forward to in, in 2020. 2020. Pew, pew, pew. 2020. Pew, pew, pew. 2020, as as William Gibson told us, is going to be all uh, CRT televisions everywhere, and everyone's <laughs> going to have a dial-up modem on their their wrist. Oh yeah! Uh, I'm looking for dolphins will be ruling the internet, Let's see. <laughs> and um, baby Yodas will be ruling the internet. That, that's, um, that's the reality of it. Yes. 
I don't know. I'm looking forward to all sorts of stuff, I guess. I, I just, I haven't really paid much of attention. I've been kind of focused on getting some work done for, for various convention that's coming up. I know I keep mentioning it off and on. Um, but I, I would like to, as much as people poo-pooed on all of it, I, I'm looking forward to Dragon Age 4, the little teasers well, they yeah. put out. I mean, it's a AAA game. The branch looks awesome <laughs> in that picture. I know, right? But, you know, they and, – and I know Bioware has been on the, in the news for being such a bad, horrible, stressful company and, and whatnot. And, you know, people pooed on Andromeda, and I think if the name Mass Effect wasn't attached to it, it would have been a decent game. It's no worse than any of these other fly-by-night right. games that come out. Um, there's – there's just all sorts of games. Game I can't think of anything that's coming, but I don't know when the. I don't think I've seen a release date mm-hmm. for it. No mention. The Diablo. Yeah. 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 Diablo Four. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Magic the Gathering, the RPG. Yes, there's a, there's going to be a Magic the Gathering RPG. But it was officially it, announced. But, I thought there. But, yeah, no, an action. Exactly my reaction. But that they had how? To, how? Yeah. Whatever. Know. It's 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 uh it's gonna be an action RPG, okay. like an MMO. So okay. oh oh like a okay. Yeah. I was actually yeah. expecting video it to be like, like Hearthstone. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no no yeah case, no, it's yeah. not. No, it's an actual MMO R- RPG. Yeah. They have they have a online card. They do. They do. They've that. had it's called it forever. Arena. Yeah. Okay. They've had all sorts of versions. Yeah, they've of had their Arena is out now. It's pretty good too. I forgot I played that recently. So. Man, I, the, I know there's more, but I can't think of there are, other games. A bunch Isn't there a Baldur's Gate? To. Yes. yes. Video game coming yes. out? By the same people maybe. that do Divinity. Mm-hmm. Right. Lauren Studios. Uh, that's kind of uh, fun. They're, they're doing, a com- for me, nostalgia, completely remastering uh, Command & Conquer. Uh-huh. I heard about that. Uh-huh. They had to get somebody Can't in to re-record the voice. Yeah, so the, the lady who'd done all of the... The, the little computer, computer, computer yeah. you know, nuclear silo detected. I wonder how yeah. much. So, of the, I wonder how much from much of the uh, soundtrack they're going to keep. You know, I don't the, know. The, yeah. I'm, I'm just man. so ready. <laughs> <laughs> like I, you know, okay, I just can't wait. Exactly. They are doing um, the uh, not World of Warcraft, Warcraft Three, the Frozen Throne stuff. They're remastering that one to put that out. That's coming out soon. Oh, I saw that gosh. recently, right? Present Throne was probably one of my favorites. It, yeah. yeah, it was good. It's the one that got me psyched when they announced uh, World, of World of Warcraft because oh. I was really into. Right. Oh my gosh. Have you guys played classic? No. no. Technically, no, well, but yes. We played classic right. when it was just called War to Warcraft. Right. Right. Thank right. you very right. much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but just for, for like for the memories. Uh, I've not. I would if I didn't have to pay basically $30 a month because there are two of us in this household that would be yeah. very envious of each other if we didn't. Yeah. I might if it was like five bucks a person a month. See, the thing is, but he was smart because at some point I was like, I would like to try to play classic because my best friend was playing mm-hmm. classic. And I'm like, I want to start playing classic. And he's like, yeah, just downloaded Star Wars: The Old Republic, right? <laughs> and like, I, I like this. Star Wars, and I used to play that right. too. So we started playing Star Wars, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we do old games. Okay. I do a ton of old games. So so so, so you that you know that I know what you're doing. <laughs> Distraction. I'm fine with that. I've I've paid for plenty of games that are still good quality. 
Diablo 3 in particular. Yes. I love oh, yes. playing with our friends and whatnot. But, yeah. Um, but in 2020... Uh, any any RPGs? Like tabletop RPGs? Or I don't know what's coming out in 2020. I, yeah, you know, well, I, I, mean, I don't either. It doesn't necessarily have to be a thing that's coming out. Oh, but, well, Shadowrun. Like, like, Eberron? Shadowrun. I was never a fan of the Eberron setting. I like it. Like I like yeah. the Warforges as well. Yeah, like I said, and maybe that's because of when it first came out and the people I was playing with. I was just thinking that too. Maybe if I uh, looked at it again, it might get a fairer shake. Mm -hmm. Those guys we played it with were jokes. (laughs) He plays a good Warforged, Calvin. He was fun when he played it. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything in particular. I'm looking forward to playing Shadowrun, D and D. I'm looking forward to Free RPG Day to see what they have out there. because I know that from this last one, we're actually getting our hands on the Expanse Quick Start uh-huh. and something else. I can't remember now. Oh, the Witcher Quick Start. The Witcher Quick Start. Okay. That could be fun. Right. Yeah, we're, we're finally getting our Right. We're finally getting our hands on it. Yeah. yeah, it's been packed away for a while. For a while. So, <laughs> I mean, I am looking forward to that because those are, are things that I enjoy. Right. Both show-wise and, and game-wise. So, I hope a few more, more uh, things I backed on kickstarter show up i don't know what those are but yeah all right that'll be, whatever that might be that'll be great it'll be a surprise it's always fun it when, is. when you get a, you, when you get a, a package you're like that the trogdor oh my gosh i remember backing this so, so that, <laughs> that trogdor game was weird because i think it showed up like when they said it was supposed to show up yeah okay so i, I, I was do. thrown by that i was unexpectedly thrown i know by what that. i'm looking forward to what's that i'm looking forward to the bones five pledge manager closing in 2021 so that we get our stuff by 2022 <laughs> <laughs> you're looking sure. forward to something that's happening long term plans don't so we'll be surprised when those miniatures show up and go, what's the... Or uh, or whenever Super Dungeon Explorer actually fulfills their commitments yeah. and Way of the Fighter, which technically should start be start shipping at some point because uh-huh. they've finally done those. Yeah. <laughs> Having those show up from four years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, those were great. But I'm it, glad you still remember them. <laughs> well, when well, you drop $400, yeah. Yeah. you kind of yeah. do tend to remember. It's an investment. Look at it as an investment. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was supposed to be this long of yeah. an investment as it is. But yeah, yeah well, at least they didn't fold uh, and disappear yeah. like some other people. Like they it, at least yeah. are, they, I was a super supporter of Ninja oh, Division that's right. way back when. And no, even when they started having problems, I was like, no, no, they got it. They're good. They're good with their customer service. But, you know, after right. three years, <laughs> the only truly good thing I can say is, at least they didn't just say, eh, you're screwed, you're out. Sorry. We're yeah. done. They are actively working towards fulfilling their commitments. And that goes a long way to me not being bitter to them, but it doesn't restore my trust in them yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, for 100 bucks, yeah. though. Well, yeah. And no way to get it back. But then again, yeah. that's what Kickstarter is. It is a gamble and a risk. Mm-hmm. So hence why I'm... Yeah. But you, well, at least yeah. I get something. So when you mentioned that, it's like, oh, yeah, in 2020, I should be getting Starcadia Quest. Oh, that's right. So a lot of little sci-fi chibi miniatures. That'd that's be right. Fun. And alphas. So a lot of yes. superhero uh, chibi miniatures. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm gonna have to get more paint. Mm-hmm. We're, we're gonna be get a boat. We're gonna be we're gonna be we sending up little skirmishers <laughs> yeah. on the, uh, the table. Oh, we do have a boat. oh we're gonna be in boat. the freaking Kickstarter five Reaper five, <laughs> they have a boat that's triple that size. Wow. Holy cow! It is a full actual galleon boat. Wow! With, with so for our listeners, it's big. <clears throat> it's really really big. So you know the yeah. the Whiz Kids version. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than that. Oh wow! It's, it's a really, three really layer boat, and. It's yeah. priced you can at a full the un- crew of miniatures. and it's priced at the uh, at least the Kickstarter price is priced at the 150, which is what the um, unpainted Whiz Kids yeah. boat is, mm-hmm. and it's twice the size of that. I'm like, oh, mm. that's that's yeah. <laughs> See, that's tax money. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I want to go. I like that. That's what I'm looking forward to. Tax money. Tax money. <laughs> Blow it on I, games. I want to. Oh, I mean, you're not I don't know if I want to run or or play. I I could run, like a, I would a, a pirate game. John has tried if, twice now, but it's and so it always falls apart because people, evil people, because of people, because people, and and see the problem is when you put when it's a, like a pirate oh it's a pirate game so, it's really it's a lot harder story wise to go oh well Nini's not going to be here this week so right her because you're on a ship like, jumped in the freaking water. water right. Like, John kind of got around it with right. it being your pirates that are kind of going through the different coastal islandy mm-hmm. type areas. So, oh, she's on that island. She took the rowboat out. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So there was he kind of got to skirt some of I'd it. I've been down for a pirate. So what you game. do is you set it up so it's like, oh, the boat has a curse on it. You never know no. when someone's oh, just yeah. going to turn the stone <laughs> no, for any amount of time. Yeah. Wow. For, um, yeah for prior commitments. That's how yeah. That's a solution. Yeah. It's like, oh, only two people like show up today. I Everyone c- else turned to stone today. Yeah. Yeah. It's like occasionally when you're walking around on the ship, you It's you not bad basilisks that we got. <laughs> <laughs> you walk through a portal. There's a bunch of baby basilisks that have like infested the ship, and they're just kind of wandering around. <laughs> so they're like rats that would be in the fun, hole. Yeah. Yeah, great. But they're babies, so I every s- now and then it wears off. Yeah. 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 I would say. <laughs> Nothing permanent. Yeah, yeah. That's that's like there you go. That's what, what I do. That's how you boat. Isn't the the cockatrices their sting will turn you to stone temporarily? I think it's it a just poison? paralyzes you now. Okay, so yeah. they're you know. Oh, they're paralyzed for a couple of days. They'll be fine. Till <laughs> next session. They'll be fine when they come back. They've yeah, shown up for a month. Oh, he's been paralyzed for. But that curse is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, some of the members disappear. It would, be, it would be nice to actually play in a game with John. I do look forward to that. I, There's only one game in the Sambaro game that John and I actually get to play together because either one of so, us is usually running. So it's very rare we get to play together. We're looking yeah, okay. at if things that I don't want to get into right, right now right, 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 work right. out. Hey, this was supposed to be a stress-free right. conversation. Yeah. I didn't bring it up. Um, right. I know. You You'll probably. have a nice place to do the game. Yeah, and, and the yeah, games. Gonna, Calvin's buying a hotel. Buying something. <laughs> buying a, buying a, an entire hotel just so I can have one room. Um, no, but yeah, it's uh. Yeah, I know. It's big. There is an idea of him running something. Though. Yeah, that's cool. Get through, get through the year first. That's our, yeah. that's our goal. Without yeah. having a stroke or a heart attack first, and then yeah. we'll figure it out. Yeah. Or murdering somebody. Or murdering somebody. Yeah, well. All right, Again. well. Again. Is there any last <laughs> bits that you wanted to mention? You forgot to mention <gasps> the one and only game. What? Dude. Dude. Oh, oh man. my. 
Dude. <laughs> we played a lot. Taco, cat, goat, cheese, pizza. Oh that was another fun Do you fun remember little. that? So taco, I do. Yeah, taco, cat, goat, Dude. cheese, pizza was fun. Dude was a lot yeah. of fun. Dude. Dude. We, we traveled with it for my 40th birthday. Dude. We took a few. We took both of those games up north, and uh-huh. my, my huh. nephews really dug them. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure they went out and bought Dude right after. Right. They would have bought uh, taco, okay. cat, goat, goat cheese, cheese, pizza. But... No, they did, because they found it on Amazon. Oh, they bought it off of Amazon. Okay. Right, they couldn't right, find right. it at their uh, gaming stores. Store. Right. But they got it online, so that's no, there you go. good, too. Um, uh, we brought Mimic with us, too. and That, that was amusing, but they weren't the right that crowd is, that for That is a good it. game for little kids. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Shadowrun. Yay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's my new obsession that again. Uh, it goes in, in waves. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you cool. Know. So, Shadowrun. So that's uh, stuff we've yeah highlights of some stuff from uh, 2019 and stuff we're looking forward to in 2020. Happy New Year! Yay! Swancast has board game reviews for you. Yeah, we got the good, bad, and other stuff to tell you. So listen up to our board game reviews. You'll really like it, or I'll make you eat your shoes. <laughs> The Table is Lava by R&R Games. Two to four players, ages 14 and up, and plays in about 20 minutes. If you can't stand the heat, stay on the rocks. Toss your card onto the table to save your meeples. Knock opponent meeples off when you throw. Have the most survivors to win. All right, so what did we think was good about this? Like, it was very fast and it was easy to learn. and It was also really very fun. Okay. Uh, mine is, is it all of that, plus it actually played within the time limit it said. Yeah, um, there's a bit of action to the game, flicking cards across the table. That was very entertaining. Yeah, I just wrote easy, fun, simple fun. All right, all right. Let's do the bad. Let's start with you, Chinky. Chinky, sure, sure. I'll go first. Uh, you know, f- mostly I wish I would have received more points for knocking meeples clear off the table instead of just knocking them over. <laughs> That is true. Yours that's really my only. That's my prime. Yeah, that's my primary complaint. But that's uh, about it. Um, I wish that there were card prints on both sides instead of just one, because they often landed on the wrong side, okay. and it would be nice to not have to flip the card over. Um, they could even maybe add two different possibilities depending on which side you landed on. Okay. So. It was like kind of difficult to get the cards in the middle of the thing. Okay. Um. Mine was, it can get kind of dangerous with uh, people that get exuberant flicking their cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and launching their meeples and stuff. That's so. what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So what's some other? Like, don't have a fan going while you're playing. That is true. Uh, I think certain people at the table had a better advantage because the fan was with them. Jingo! I like how you avoided saying the name. <laughs> <laughs> what? I know. I can't remember it. <laughs> And there were tribal gingerbread men. Yeah, which they I were cute. Was really cute and fun. That is cool. Did you have another? Um, I did not have another. Okay. I, yeah. Uh, my other was that they actually had the rule book in three different uh, English and then three different languages, and they were all separated out. The rule book was very short and sweet. There was really maybe two pages of rules, um, and a page of description stuff, and lots of cute pictures. So that was <laughs> the table is lava by R and R Games. 
Taco. Cat. Goat. Cheese. Pizza. Taco. Cat. Goat. Cheese. Pizza. Taco. Cat. Goat. Cheese. Pizza. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> Taco, cat, goat, cheese, pizza by Dolphin Hat Games. For three to eight players, ages eight and up, and plays in about ten minutes. This addictive game is unique as its name. It's a power-packed, quick and simple party game. Race against each other to slap a match between a card and a spoken word. But watch out, your mind will play tricks on you. This game was engineered for maximum fun. Enjoy! Hooray! Yay! Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. Yum! So who's here at the table to help us review this game, Ruby? Well, you've got Ruby. Hey, Ruby. Got Nini. Hey, and Nini. Calvin's here. No, oh, hey, Calvin. Yeah, and it is I, Doug. Oh, it is hey, Doug. Doug. We, we haven't had Doug on one of these in a while. Yeah. And of course, me, John. Hey, it's a me, a John. So this was a fun little game that we actually picked up at Origins uh, when we went to their booth. Right. He showed it to us and we went, sure, we'll buy that. That sounds like fun. A little five buck game. Uh, so what was good about the game? It was really easy to learn and really fun to play. We were able to get right into it. Yes, I agree. Um, it's got cute, simple art. Yeah, you know, the cards are mm-hmm. are fairly nice. Um, they're somewhat durable, considering you have to flip them and, and everybody's slapping <laughs> them. Slapping the table and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's always the risk of, you know, bending and... Right. But amazing quality for $5. Yeah, it was a yeah, little $5 yeah, game. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just deck card size. Uh, yeah. I didn't count how many cards were in there, but, you know. Easily fits in your back pocket. Travel yeah. with you wherever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, there's always the bonus to the fact that it has a narwhal in the game. <laughs> I think true. I'd put that in the other category. So uh, I don't know. That's I think we got that's three pretty good. Very, in we my got three opinion. very distinct things in yeah, the yeah, other yeah. category. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so uh, anything else you want to say good about it? It's real quick. It is. It plays with actually within its time limit. That's what always was the a time bonus. Limit on it? Ten it's plus a... minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and it was yeah about that. Yeah, okay. That always impresses me when the actual play, learn and play time is correct. Yeah. Okay. Nini? It was good. It was fun. Okay. Yeah. I got to slap people. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't supposed to slap right. people. That's the problem. <laughs> I had an one one interesting take people. is normally on the slapping game, you have the slap the card pile yeah. games. It's the first one yeah. is the good one. Now it's the, the, the last, last one. Last one is the bad one. I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So, anything bad about it? Um, well, we all it, ended up like having to stop yeah. playing because we were one we of had us hurt got our hurt. knuckles and stuff, or or arms or nails, or chest. Nails. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's all because we're we're super active and into the game. S- yeah. So it's not abusive. really a bad, but it could be a bad if you're super competitive. You know, you could draw blood. Yeah, easy to get carried away. Yes, very easy to get carried away. Again, not sure if that's a bad thing or a good thing. Now in the in the on the box it says it's for up to eight players. I think I said. Uh, yeah, it's three a three to eight. to eight. See, in the book in the booklet in the instruction card it says, get get yourself and two friends and however many other people you can sit around the table to play this game, which implies it could go more, more than, than eight. eight. And I think I think at eight. I think at eight and higher, your card it decks probably, might be too short. Would, the game yeah. falls apart at that point. Yeah. I think. Well, yeah. but because what you do is you you basically dole out all the cards to everyone that's playing, and so at a certain point, if there's 
52 people, everyone has one card in their hand. But how many tables could you really get <laughs> more than eight people Hey, at? you have not seen gaming conventions. You can get lots of people squished in at one table. So to me, to me, that's yeah. the bad. I don't, I don't think you could reasonably get that huge an amount of people in there. I want to say the guy said add another deck to it if you get more. But yeah, but but you know, woo. I guess, I guess the, the cool that's a lot of slapping going around. <laughs> and everybody has to reach the pile still. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my bad. It's okay. A weak bad at that, but it's bad. It's bad. Okay, I got nothing else. All right. So other. Well, there are three other cards in there. There's not just a taco, a cat, a goat, and a cheese, and a pizza. There's also a gorilla, gorilla where you have to bang your chest all Donkey Kong style. And then slap the and card. And then slap the card. There there's is, a narwhal. What do you have to do for the narwhal? You have to make the narwhal horn at the top of your head uh-huh. and wobble your head back and forth and then and slap the table. And we're, we're getting some lovely uh, imagery That's here, right, right. which, like, which works have great. To, when you talk about narwhal, you just have to, not, to do right. the horn. The horn. Right, okay. right, right. Perfect for a podcast. That's and right. then there's what card, Amy? <laughs> What's the other one? The one that we would knock the table, but I don't remember what it was. Groundhog. Groundhog, yeah, that thing. So Groundhog, you then had to... The card on the table. Yeah, let's wait a couple seconds. The reverberation finishes Woo! echoing through my ears. <laughs> <laughs> and then slap the card. Right. Um, other than that, as far as other, the art's it's really cute. cute. It's simple. There's, there's, there's not big walls of text or anything like that to read on the card. In fact, I don't think there's any there's text, there's word. text it's the on word the card. The, the name of the, yeah. Right. Uh, for those of you who um, care about this, the game really doesn't, doesn't, there's there's colors on the card, but you don't, it doesn't matter if you're colorblind. The colors <laughs> don't really do anything. All right. Yeah, so, it's, anything else? It's fun for all ages, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this was Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza by Dolphin Hat Games. Narwhal. Narwhal, yay! Lanterns, the Harvest Festival by Renegade Games Studio and Foxtrot Games. It's an interesting little collaboration. It's for two to four players. Uh, plays in about 30 minutes and for ages eight and up. Lanterns, the Harvest Festival. The harvest is in and it's time to celebrate! Decorate the palace lake with floating lanterns to prepare for the upcoming festival! So, playing this game and reviewing it this time is myself, John. Calvin. Sarah. Chingy. So, hey guys. Uh, so, I've actually played the game Lanterns, and this was an offshoot of it. Lanterns, the Harvest Festival. So, I went in, I had, right off the bat, I went in thinking I was playing lan- Lanterns, and realized there's a whole completely different rule set and a bunch of different tiles. So, okay. it was interesting. So, what's some good stuff, that being said, what's some good stuff we can say about Lanterns? That's Lanterns of the Harvest Festival. Yeah, I so. mean, I thought it was I thought it was unique and cultural, um, and it's relaxing to an to an extent. Yeah, definitely, the aesthetic was a major high point for it. Um, but there was also a lot of engagement across the board. You had to be very aware of the entire board at all times. Okay. Yeah, it, it was it was fairly quick to play. I mean, it, I don't know yeah, how it was, wasn't it? I don't know how long it was supposed to play in, but it seemed like it went. And maybe it just. I think it like it went. Yeah, I think it kind of went but, in its and it's a, a lot of time. Um, and it, and it was definitely not hard to play. It was and it was a very strategic game, which yeah. was great. Yeah. Um I like the strategy part of that. I felt the rules were fairly cut and dry, fairly easy and 
Um, I thought scoring was super easy in that game. Nothing weird and, and complicated. Like some other games we may have played tonight. Yeah. Yeah, real easy for the winner to say. Right. And, and, again, and again, I'll say those reference cards they gave us uh, the were, reference cards were spot were very... on, as they would say. <laughs> so what's something bad we can say about Lanterns, the Harvest Festival? I got one favor token the whole time. They, those were a little hard to grab. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you had to have a very specific you be, card. You had to be lucky. To get those. To get those. Yeah. Um, and I, I happened to start off with like three of them in my hand. Yeah, I started off with three of them in my that hand was crazy. as well. And then the well kind of ran dry until mm-hmm. right around then. I think uh, I think one came up closer to the end, I think. Um, the th- thing for me, and, and maybe it's just part of the strategy, uh, but the lantern token, like the lantern cards, seem to be in short order. Like, like we ran out of certain colors really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, okay. And I don't know okay. if maybe that's intended to be See, part I, of the strategy. So I, I put that in my bad category as well, but I think that also makes for an interesting strategy. Right. So I'm not sure how in because the Because I kind of used that to that. my advantage right at the end. You sure did, like, you, you son of a... <laughs> <laughs> I still lost, though. So um, I, I wasn't sure what, other than the fact that we got a little boat meeple. I'm not sure what the purpose of giving us that little, fur, you know... Well, yeah, no. Player I, boat meeple. I I hear that. You know, I wish that the boat piece was bigger, more detailed, and had more of a role in the like, game. Yeah, like right, right. Purpose. If it had more of a role in the game, because as a stand, it was like, oh, I uh, didn't I pass. It? I didn't pass that. Well, the game's moving fast enough. It really didn't feel like we needed, needed to make it. sure. Wait, whose turn is it again? Mm. Right. And as far as bad goes, I did have one other thing to say, and you you folks heard me complain about it plenty in the game, but I. <laughs> I don't love playing tiles on multiple sides where not all sides have to match. Being an OCD type personality. Oh, so that it really messed with you, me. didn't it? Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Okay, it's a matching game where you don't have to match. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I, you get, can't. Ooh, yeah, it would get yeah. really difficult if you had to match every one of those. That would get... Yeah. Okay. Was well, there anything else we want to put in the bad category? Bad for Sarah? Okay. Well, let's go to their other category then. What do we say about uh, other category? I'll start off by saying boat meeple. Yeah. We got a yeah, boat meeple. Say, we did get a boat meeple. We've addressed the fact that it was kind of useless, but several opportunities. But we had a boat. And I got to say, I'm in a boat, or you were in a boat quite often. <clears throat> Mine was you were constantly asking, what tile did you just play? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, so here's my solution for that. Here's how we hack that. Here's our game hack tip for Lanterns, the Harvest Festival. Put the boat meeple on the on, last tile oh. played. Ah, there's that, your role uh, for the boat. There's your role for the boat. That, that's, there's the role for the boat. <laughs> no longer like, wait, 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 just got played. There's oh, our the continuous right improvement in game review. So if you're listening to this, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> and I'll just add, you know, um, I don't think... I think when I, you know, there's a sense that the game is uh, Japanese-derived, um, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken there. And, you know, so it's Japanese without at any point feeling it necessary to declare that. De- yeah, okay. To declare right. as much, which okay. I thought was just kind of a cool vibe. It's like this cultural thing that's sort of specific, but we don't have to, like, label it somehow. It's just a game about lanterns. Okay. Yeah. In a weird part of this other category, uh, they have a color on there which could have been orange, could have been yellow. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah. though, there wasn't another color yeah, that could have been orange, could have been yellow. 
Although it was really close to the red, I would often get confused with the red. Right, but fortunately, the <laughs> but fortunately, they all, each of the lanterns had a different shape yeah. as well. Yeah, so that made true. it easier. So for for those of you who play board games and are colorblind, which is apparently a lot of people out there, mm-hmm. um, it works with that because even the lanterns yeah, on the little pattern on the, um, on the little tiles, tiles, the patterns were were different too. Um. Now, yeah. Now, one thing I know, I. I <laughs> noticed that i don't know that it covered in the rules per se is we would get to a point where it was like we you get a green and i get a green and there's no real order as to who gets a green first and Mm -hmm. so we would just be like oh well i got my i grabbed the last green so Uh, you're just Mm -hmm. but to be fair did we encounter a situation where where one person who earned one would get one, but the other one didn't. Because we, of the did. We, we, we did, did. but oh, we, we ended up just not arguing about yeah, it. It was we, just we like, just like, eh, was like eh, grabbed it. we decided eh, to be friends and just shake Well, hands. I defaulted to allowing that, that the, time. the person who <laughs> right. played yeah. to yeah, grab no, we always We did kind of default to whoever played got theirs first, right. and then everybody else was just like, so I'm gonna first come s- first serve. And so I would suggest that if that comes up to distribute them like counterclockwise from the first player. Right. Hmm. Maybe that's a way to get around that. In case you're playing with people that you might not necessarily like. <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, which could you would happen. Do that, but okay, is that all? Uh, all we want to say then about Lanterns: The Harvest Festival by Renegade Games Studios. Yeah, that's all I got. All right, cool. Uh, go go set your lanterns adrift. So, hey guys, you're gonna get a double shot here. So first up is Dude, followed by. More dude. 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 Right. So both games are by North Star Games for three to six players, ages 13 and up, and they play both in uh, a little while, is what it actually says in the box <laughs> for both of them. All right. So in Dude, this is a game where you say dude. There's a lot of different ways to say dude. And in More Dude, this is another game where you say dude. Surfers say dude. Robots say dude. Lots of different people say Dude. So in this game, the people who played and are going to be reviewing it are myself, John, Ruby, Tim, Nene, Calvin, Sarah, Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. So, so, well, okay. So what's something good we can say about Dude and More Dude? Well, it was easy to learn. Uh-huh. And it played pretty fast. Yeah, okay. It, it really did. It was so much fun and it was so simple. Uh, it, it was definitely very fast. It was very, very entertaining to both, like, kind of watch and play. It, it, having played the more dude and watched dude. That's right. Uh, That's right. Because you yeah. played one and then and, and watched the other. Yeah. It, it, it was very entertaining to watch and play. Okay. Yes, you really don't know how much, how many different ways there are ways to yeah. say dude. Dude. So. And and being a fan of Dude Where's My Car and Dude. and Dude also, looks like a and the great and, and the big, big Lebowski, Lebowski. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty cool. Dude, yeah, more more for Dude than it was in More Dude. Um, the their use of fonts was really creative and helpful in pronun- pronouncing. All of okay. It. okay, Dude. Okay. Yeah, the good for me, I thought it was quick and easy. Um, it was fairly fun and entertaining. <laughs> Awesome. Is thank, that what she thank wrote? You, thank you, Brooklyn. That's, that's Very enlightening. Very enlightening. This kid can't 
<laughs> all right, all right. So what was bad about Dude and More Dude? Personally, uh, yeah. I thought it could get really loud. Yes. And annoying. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. And I, and I thought about it from a... I was like, well, I, I can only imagine trying to play this at a gaming convention if you're like, hey, let's check this out and play this. Oh, man, that would uh, be Or terrible. if you're sitting That'd next really to people to playing this. Uh, the right. thing is, it's not the person who, the people who are playing dude, the, people, the people next around. to them. Yeah, you're going to really, you're gonna really kick off those, those guys playing like, um, yeah. like, like uh, Munchkin or oh, yeah. uh, some other <laughs> loud game where people are shouting all the time. Right, right. You get two shouting right. games back to back. That's right, nice. because you're trying to match up how you say dude with someone else so that you can score your card so but you're talking all over at the same time so mm-hmm. we've had we had what six people playing it all yeah. at once so in order to get other people to hear you you kind of raised your voice and to talk over mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and and that that much dudage hurts your dudage and you could get throat. stuck on one card yeah for right. a long time that I had to use that pass action a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no one's picking up on this yeah. ghost, <laughs> ghost dude. It was quite loud and hard to hear other player. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Brooklyn. All right. So, so what's something we can say in our other... Oh, I did have... I oh, think, sure. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> I think they could have uh, given us like a pronunciation card or like a QR code to some video. Of for dude. Well, for some of the, especially the cowboy dude. dude. In, really? In the, in, the, in the booklet, it says it, it says like it's up to your interpretation, man. Yeah, yeah. I think it says it just like that too. Yeah. That's just like your opinion, man. Dude, 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 dude. All right, so let's go into our other category here for dude because I think this game is nothing but one giant other category. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. In my in my other category, this is kind of a little um, interesting thing in the game itself. It ha- it it tells you because this game is only for what uh, six players I mm-hmm. think it was, or was it five? No. Uh, six players. It it tells you to add a seventh player. There's a free thing called one more dude that you can get from North Star Games, oh <laughs> which we you, did order, but it hasn't arrived yet. Right. You you put in the code sweet, <laughs> and they'll send it to you for free. There you go. So that's you must pay shipping though. Right, which is like three bucks or something. Like that. Sweet. Chill. So, chill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I will say for the other, uh, if you're getting dude and more dude thinking, cool, I got an expansion, it is not an expansion. The cards are oh, not. Oh, God, no. Yeah, no, they're the, not. They're not. They're, they are two separate games, but they're. Yeah, do they not play, the play them way. together. It would Correct. Be, yeah. Dude is literally just the word dude a, th- a couple of different ways, whereas more dude is you pretend to be a robot or a pirate or, or a, a ghost. surfer or a ghost saying dude. So right. Pizza boy. Dude. Pizza boy. <laughs> Right. I do. Right. So, so what else in our um, other category? I I new new dudeage. So there are new ways in my vocabulary of saying dude. <laughs> he taught you some new dude yeah. phrases. Oh, okay. Some okay. new dude phrases. That's pretty I'm, cool, dude. I need to work on my cowboy dude. Apparently, dude. That was no, no, fun. I thought you did a good John Wayne cowboy dude. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, even though so apparently apparently we got pirate and. Calvin yeah. kind of mixed up. That was you and Calvin. Me and Calvin yeah. got yeah. John Wayne dude all correct every That's, time. Yeah, we did. And I was okay. uh, I was pleasantly surprised how native dialects didn't really affect. Yeah, being able to participate in the game. Dude is dude is universal. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like Esperanto, but it's <laughs> dude dude Esperanto. 
All right. What about you? What about you, Brooklyn? Uh, Brooklyn dude. Just dude. Yeah, there was the tie dye dude. The magic yep. mushroom the, dude. The psychedelic dude. <laughs> so my other, just so you know, I can see from an outside perspective where it could get real old listening to everyone else play dude. Playing it yourself, oh, yeah. you wouldn't pay much attention to it, but being on outside or watching after maybe one or two games, it could get real annoying real quick. Especially if you didn't know what they, what were, they doing. were doing or yeah. why they were sitting yeah, there yeah, just yeah. continuously saying dude. This is six people saying that, like dude. 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 Yeah. Okay. And be like, All what right. a ticking. So, this was Dude and More Dude by North Star Games. Dude. 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 Chill. Chill. Sweet. Sweet. Crabs by Daily Magic Games. For two to five players, ages 10 and up, and plays in about 30 minutes. Crabs, the crab catching card game. In Crabs, you and your fellow crabbers will soon be catching, raising, and selling crabs to the seafood market for victory points. Get one, get ready to gather your gear and head to the beach, where vendors are lining up to collect the crabs you catch. So we have here today reviewing the game myself, Ruby, Nini, Calvin, Sarah, Jingy, <laughs> and John. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so we have a few new people to this. The way we usually do it is we start out to say, tell us something good about the game. So I'll go ahead and start. Um, I thought it was cute art. Um, I liked all the crab images and the crab meeples. And I thought it had a cute name. It was very strategic, too. It was very strategic. And the art was cute, too. That's, yeah, that was that pretty much nails down what I had. Uh, was it was it was really it was a really good strategic game. It didn't seem like it at first. Uh, the more we got into the rounds, I realized how just how strategic you had to get. Um, so that that was fun. Okay, okay. Uh, what about you, Sarah? Anything good? I liked that they used wooden crabs. Little crab Instead meeples. of so you plastic like the meeples, you like yes. The meeples. yes. <laughs> okay. And the cat owls were fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, John. Um, apparently, what I thought was good about the game was that each player had a reference card, and I think what I meant by that was each person had a, a reference card, and the reference card actually was, was uh, served a very right. served a very good purpose. Yeah, it, was it was very, very helpful. Detailed. It wasn't just a well. I don't. Okay. It told me this, but I don't know what that means. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? Any last good things? It once once we got through the drudgery of of so that's kind of a things. bad it, well, yeah, thing. Well, yeah, but I'm leading, but <laughs> that's leading into a good thing. Once oh, we got through it, the gameplay was actually fairly quick. and, yeah, okay. and okay. on time. All right, but it made a lot more sense part, once we got well, into the first it, yeah. part of what I was saying leads right. into the po- next part. All of right. So, this. what's something bad about the game, Calvin? Which goes into the drudgery of rules that we had to wade through <laughs> in order to get to playing the game. Yeah, I think the rules were very poorly written. They could have been They could have been clear, right. They were overcomplicated. They were too wordy and verbose for their own as I use big words for it. Um but, you know, it it, it I didn't yeah. yeah, I felt the rules were um a bit convoluted at first. But like Calvin said, I got better once we got into it and figured out, oh, this is what it's supposed to be. This is Right. This is how I'm supposed to be really kind of looking at this game. Versus the rules, which just kind of tell you, here's what you can do. Yeah. It had my favorite whole thing of the whole, like, you know, on your turn, you get to... 
You get to, you get do, to do one, one of, of these three things. things. One, no, you get to yeah. do one of these three things. The first part is you take one of these six actions. And right. It's like, oh God. Wait, what? <laughs> All right. What, what about you, Sarah? Something bad. Um, That crab pool got a bit overwhelming. I, I agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, eventually, there's a part of the game where, where like the number of cards that are just on the middle of the table just is, can be very unwieldy. Yeah, okay. Um, I also think the game took a lot longer than the suggested time that it yeah. says it, it took. Yeah, it supposed to be under th- yeah. about 30 minutes. It was definitely closer to an hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because we had to figure out what they meant by the rules. Yeah. Yeah, but aside from that, I still think it took just way longer than it should have. Okay, okay. So, our last category, other. Um, so, my other was... From the name of the game, I was expecting something kind of fast, funny, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. cheeky and goofy, especially with the art on the box and everything. And it, it wasn't. Imagine. It was a very mathy game. You thought it was going to be like the game, right. the game Poo, where it's like you're really right. just hurling poo at each other. Or, yes, well, like, not, not quite. Game. But yeah, that's a other. real thing. Essentially, I thought it was going to be a fast, funny, kind right. of cheeky game. And it, it ended no, it, up being more of a mathy kind of... It was a very mathy, strategic... And it got repetitive because uh-huh. you're either really going to be doing one of three actions, not necessarily one of six. Yeah. Okay. So... Okay. What about you guys in the other category? No, that, that fits in right yep, where I was same. in my other category too okay uh sarah um my other was uh a nod to the small cards that they use and they actually it's funny you mentioned it being a mathy game because it had that texture of those flash cards like mm-hmm. you would use oh, in school. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah school learning flash okay. cards okay. well for my other couple other things was uh first off i know sarah hinted at this at the beginning it had really awesome little um crab meeples <laughs> which i thought were pretty cool uh, and also, one of the cards obviously has the BGG guy icon is yes. one of the vendors. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that was a cute little I thought that was icon. cute, and at the same time, I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess one Let's other thing. put this on the card. Uh-huh. I, I would have liked to see more usage of the crab tokens. Yeah. yeah. I agree. You can't give it's us crab would... meeples and then only have us use them for right. that small yeah. thing. All give right. us a little pot to throw them in and boil them up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Corn of the cob meeples and <laughs> some sausage meeples in there. All mm. right. Good so stuff. this was Crabs by Daily Magic Games. Crabs! Yay! Go get crabs! crabs! Best Treehouse Ever, Forest of Fun by Green Couch Games. One to four players, ages eight and up, playtime 30 minutes. Best Treehouse, Forest of Fun. You've got three weeks to make your childhood dream come true in this fast-playing, easy-to-learn game. A visit to the forest provides special abilities under each builder. Choose color scores. Keep track of your tree balance. Draft cool rooms and add it to your tree. So playing this game uh, was myself, Ruby. Tim. Nini. I'm Brooklyn. All right. Uh, what was something good about this game? Uh, it's actually a very good strategy game when it comes down to it. Just the way you have to place tile, the, the cards and whatnot. It was quick and easy, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like a nice strategic game and <laughs> system to play with fun after we figured it out. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought it was quick. It's cute. It's simple. It actually plays within its time limit. That's always a big bonus for me. And, and if a game does that, it's definitely a good game in my opinion. And it, the rules were fairly simple to learn. They were maybe a little wordy, but they weren't convoluted. They were just a little overwordy just not convoluted some some games can just they can over explain the rules to make you go huh all right what was something bad about this game uh well one thing that i can have an issue with is the game looks like it's made for kids but there's a lot of math involved it's not for kids yeah 
So and, yeah, it's kind of cutesy, and and even the box art looks cutesy and looks even like even the kid's artwork game. and everything. Yeah. Yeah, but there is a, a good bit of math going on and strategy no and strategy and balancing the treehouse. Right. Which, so you wouldn't want like all eight-year-olds playing. You would want an adult that has patience to help kids do the math if they can't do it themselves. So in other words, someone who doesn't exist. <laughs> Adapt the cards, then if the cards right. are adjacent. and Right, right, right. So, oh. what about you? It just took a lot of space to set the cards up. <laughs> like, See, I put that in my other categories, that it's a very spacey, it takes yeah. up large table. Yeah, but if you're playing four people in a normal, on a normal table, mm-hmm. you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. The rules were kind, <laughs> confusing. They were kind, confusing? Really, Brooklyn? Maybe, but it's, I'm just telling you what, like, I wrote down. Okay. okay. All right. So. Um, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm assuming she meant kind, kind of. Kind of confusing. Okay. Okay. Well, my bad thing was that in the rule book, they are fairly good about telling you about how to set up the game and how to score and how to place cards. But I think where they failed in the rule book is they say, oh, put this kind of card down or put this kind of card down as far as there's there's the scorecard, there's the trackers, there's the there's these different components to the game that they don't give you a picture or they don't really say anything. So you have to look back at the first page to see, oh, well, there's four of these type of cards. You have to kind the cards. And then you kind of have to look through the cards until the first, especially the first time you're playing the game. If you look at it, it's like, wait, well, we have to put down these. What was it? It was the... It was the one to adjust the scorecards. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the change the, the game. game. Yeah, change. change the game cards. Well, you're supposed to put down four of them, but there's six total. There's so eight total. There's eight total. See? And it's like, uh, wait, which ones do I put down? Yeah, they weren't very clear on that. four negative and four positive. Right. So there is no indication so, on the cards which is which. And there's no indication in the rule book what those cards look so like. So you count the cards to see if that's the right Correct. Card. And it, at one point I was like, I don't know, I guess this is it. And it turned out to be the right one. But um, so that was kind of my bad thing is not that the rules were convoluted. It's just they didn't differentiate what the different components were easily. So my other was it needed a lot of space. And something that was kind of cool was, and you guys didn't see this, there was actually a variant play. Those big cardboard cards, those thick cardboard cards was actually a variant play. So they give you basically two games in that one box. And we just didn't hand, we didn't do the other one. And there was another set of four cards that looked like blueprint cards. Those were part of the uh, alternate play. So that I thought was neat. So basically when you get this game, you get two versions of the game. So you're like again two games. Right. Well, for me, it was overall 30 minutes of fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it played within its time limit. Yeah. And it was kind of cool to, you know, to, to build your own tree house be like, oh, I got this or I got that. Right. The cards were cute. There were lots of different types of rooms. Mm -hmm. Uh, The art was... was... Cutesy. Yeah. So this was Best Treehouse Ever, Forest of Fun by Green Couch Games. It was a board game reviews from the Swarmcast. If you don't like it, then come over and kick down. Tail. Tail. (laughs) Toast meant to say tail. Toast. (laughs) Why do you do that? Oh, yeah. Well, everybody, the show's finally over.
That's it. You can go back to your normal life again, though it's probably never gonna be the same. You can find the Swarmcast podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Tell us what you think. Heck, give us a good review on either iTunes and Tuned In, Stitcher. Heck, I think we're putting stuff out on YouTube now, if that's kind of your thing. Anyway, subscribe, like, whatever, all through those different guys. Or you can grab the RSS feed from our website, which is swarmcastpodcast.com. That's all one word. And you can also email us at swarmcastpodcast, again, one word, at gmail.com. Why not? Or you can leave us a message at area code 803-470-4439. And we'll probably play it on the air if you're lucky. Maybe. (laughs) So, until next time, keep on gaming. And when you think of toast, think of me. (laughs) 